following audio was recorded during a meeting of the Department of Offense. It is not suitable for children, the easily offended, or anyone with actual taste. You have been warned. Jane Goodall motorboating a gorilla's floppy milk. I would make a lot of rectangles. I could never do squares right. We all had to put pants on this week because you're here. And now it's time for the Department of Offense. Hey guys, it's, well, we're recording a little earlier than usual. Uh, it's episode 48 this week. That, yeah. Wow, 48. Almost Sounds like an anniversary you know. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, we have a full studio again, which is always fun. Yeah. We had an anniversary two weeks ago. Did you miss it? Because we did by time instead of by episodes. Oh wait, Miles yeah. did miss it because I told him three weeks in advance. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll take the time off. Oh, I have to work that night. Oh. And you're supposed to have a game ready for us to play. I know. Uh, We just had someone quit. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, So Miles is here. Rick is joining us. I'm here. And Carlos. Yeah. Uh, We also have Mike Fredrickson from Pitchfork on mics as well. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here. Uh, And so we'll get to that later. But first, Rick, what have you been up to this week? Anything exciting? Um, not much, really. Nothing just, new in the world of Rick? Just researching business stuff. That's all. Stop researching that. You're making me look bad. <laughs> I know he's job. working so hard at it. <laughs> I know. He's like he shows up to the meeting this week because we had a staff meeting and he shows up with all these notes and things that we we're I'm the he's business like, manager. I have all I these points that we need to hit. <laughs> I showed up with a beer in my hand. <laughs> I feel like, oh the wait, is. there was a staff meeting. Um, <laughs> oh, that's how you feel? I show up I, oh, I got this huge promotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh what's what are your duties? Oh, you have this one thing to do <laughs> and you have forever to do it <laughs> miles what about you what have you been up to uh honestly not a goddamn thing i got uh i got a buddy who's who just recently got engaged he's going to be moving into a new house and i'm looking to see him tomorrow that's about what i got going didn't on. you go to darkness days this year I suppose I did do that, didn't I? You sure did. I sure did. That was a lot of fun. Uh, what's Darkness Days? I suppose. Okay. No, uh, Surly, Surly Darkness has a uh, a beer they release every year called Darkness, and they, you know, they have a release party, and for everyone, like the biggest part of the party is going out, waiting in line about a day ahead of time, and then everybody just brings us some beer and food to share. For a whole day ahead of time? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, neat. Yeah. So like an all-night like, line party, basically? Absolutely an all-night line party. Like tailgating? Yeah. I Without guess. the cars, yeah. So wait, wait, is is there beer drinking in this line? Or you oh, guys absolutely. Okay. I, well, I, I wasn't sure if like open container laws apply. No, they, they actually go way out of their way to, to make sure that uh, people are allowed to drink there. They provide garbages and porta potties. <laughs> About the only thing they don't do is allow you into on the premises. Okay. No, it it's actually uh, amazing, an amazing time. Uh, it was much better this year than last year because last year was like twenty five degrees. Oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> oh, Sitting was, outside all night. <laughs> well, what was even worse is I had uh, 
you know, most of my buddies were there. I worked until midnight. I got there at about 1245 or something. And it's 25 degrees. It's almost one in the morning. And everybody's had all their conversations, all their drinking. And they're like, screw this. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I'm like walking around. I have this amazing pot roast that I had uh, cooking for like eight hours. And like a... Hardly anybody eats it, and then later on, someone stepped on it. I brought a pot roast, damn it, because it was awesome. Guys, I have pot roast. I, I, I'm just seeing you wearing like a, a flower print apron and like just oven got mitts. Out of the kitchen with it. Oven mitts. No, it was it was in a Tupperware, and I slow cooked it in um, uh, bon criage for about. Eight hours. It sounds delicious. It, what a it, tragic ending to the story. <laughs> Someone stepped on it and like ground it into the floor. I was pissed. I would be too. That is that is a not a good way for a pot roast to go. No. This looks like a stepping stone. Maybe, no. it, was on, maybe it was on purpose. <laughs> just despite your cooking skills. It's entirely possible. No, just but honestly, it was it was so like not fun for me last year. I wasn't gonna go this year. Oh really? Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Um because like two years ago, we got there about eight hours before the place opened. We were about you know a block or two away, which mm-hmm. isn't bad. Uh, last year, we got there about six hours earlier, and we were like a quarter of a mile away. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, it was freaking ridiculous. You know that, and it was twenty five degrees. Someone stepped on my pot roast, and everyone <laughs> went to bed as soon as I got there. And like I figured this year, the line, you know. I could get there 24 hours ahead of time and still be a mile and a half away and not gotten the beer and it wasn't nearly as bad this year. Yeah. It was it was actually pretty good. Well, I I was going I was going to go this year but it fell at a bad time for me. It's just like uh no. Really? So, because ne- you knew about the date ahead of time. Uh about a week. <laughs> I, I had a week's notice ahead of time. I'm sorry, but they they tell you when darkness day is every year. I didn't look. <laughs> you want me to be like up to date on things? Casey, you have to plan your whole year around the stay. He shows up to staff meetings with just a beer. <laughs> He's not looking at See, dark this face. guy. <laughs> I'm in charge of this whole thing. Oh, man, we are screwed, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah. And then I, I had just talked to uh, Phil Giuliano at the Comic-Con a couple weeks before, and he said that it was coming up, and I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, I feel so bad for all the people waiting in line, because he got a job as a volunteer. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm guaranteed my bottles of darkness. <laughs> like, I don't have to well, wait in line or anything. It, it's not nearly as bad, because they they end up giving you wristbands that tell you when you can go and get your beer. Oh, okay. And I think virtually everyone always gets their beer, because what happens is they, they start the day uh, kind of planning under the assumption everyone is going to buy six and that is never the case oh yeah and so even after you know all the time slots ran out you know for when uh they have wristbands for you to go buy your beer they then open it up again for those who want more beer and i think you can get three more at that point and then it still ends up hitting the stores okay yeah, so. I, I think they would probably choke back the amount that they gave to liquor stores before they, you know, didn't sell yeah. to the people who were lined up all night. No, <laughs> a- absolutely. I mean, I guess my point is, is there's always been enough so far. So what's what's the biggest vertical tasting of darkness you've done? Uh, me personally, I think just three years. Three years? Yeah. Okay. Uh, whether it was uh, 9, 10, 11 or 
10, 11, 12 or something like that. Okay. At any one point. Very cool. Yeah, I think the largest ta- or vertical I've ever done was uh, five years with Bourbon County Stout. That sounds amazing. I was hammered. <laughs> <laughs> well, that at the end of a vertical, you probably should be. Well, okay, so we actually had uh, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, and Bourbon County Coffee. Okay. So... Sounds like a really good night. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Did you start with the oldest or the youngest? Uh, We went oldest and went newest. Okay. Yeah. And then ended with coffee. Yeah. I think we decided eight was the best and 11 was uh, the least best. 11 was the least best? Well, we liked it, but, you know, calling it the worst is a bit of a misnomer. Yeah, because, well, it, when, when, you're, when you're looking at things that are awesome, if you yeah. look at the worst thing that is awesome, it's still pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I said least best. Yes. <laughs> so, Carlos, how are you dealing with your new promotion? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think about all the duties I have to do, and then I decide I should play some PlayStation. I suppose 4. I should probably explain. Carlos found out this week that he is now the vice president of he, Blind well, Industry. He already was. He just didn't know. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. <laughs> so is this one of those meaningless titles? Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, <laughs> like, I wanted- we, we need to give Carlos something because he's on every show. He puts in a lot of work. <laughs> But we don't actually want to give him any power. Fair enough. <laughs> so I, like, no, that makes sense. I, I gonna, agree with you. I was thinking about holding out for a commandant. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> It'll come with a pay increase. A percentage. <laughs> and how's the PS4? It's been fun. Uh, yeah. Of course, I haven't even gone to... Like, I got it yesterday, and the PlayStation Network was down, so I couldn't uh, really fiddle oh, no. with it very much. Don't sue us. Wait, but I, their their network was down. Well, they were just having issues because all the people were uh, like, with any launch of uh, stuff, you're going to have issues with uh, servers. Sure, especially with uh, I'm sure the Xbox One's going to have a problem too, since everything yeah. is going to have to be online. And but I, I, uh, not everybody had issues like that, and I got on just fine this morning. Only thing was, it took me a little while. I had to set up my uh, PlayStation ne- a new. Uh, I never had a PlayStation Network account. So I had to go online and do that separately, just because otherwise I just get keep getting error messages. But it's been it's been fun so far. I just want some uh, some uh, PlayStation Four games that aren't ports. Oh, like, some like uh, actual next like gen Battlefield games. Four. It's like it looks really nice because it's uh, similar to the PC version, but still it's a game that also is on PS Three and Xbox Three Sixty. Call of Duty Ghost. I did not get that. <laughs> I don't blame you. Call of Duty just. Well, let's buy buy the same game every year with a new title on it. (laughs) Well, EA is really good at those recurring games. What they do? (laughs) What is it? There's like 25 Call of Duty games now, isn't there? There's got to be probably. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And then don't even think about all the Madden games. Oh, they just need to take his name off of it. (laughs) Is he even announcing anymore? I hope not, because it was bad. Is he alive? He's alive. (laughs) Uh, hang on. I'm pretty sure I'm, that right, would be right. a um, a topic we'd have covered on here if he wasn't. No, he's, no he's unless he a... died before we started the show. I mean, the show's only a year old. Like... He has announced since, like, 2010, I think. Oh, so he's been announced since 2010. Yeah, he's been out for a while, but okay. he's still alive. He's just really old and confused, as he always has been. <laughs> it's only become more noticeable. <laughs> so he, uh, just ran but he was really off. good at making those yellow squiggles on the television <laughs> screen. And talking about he'll be, the, uh, <laughs> he'll be in the grocery store just randomly burst out, tough acting, tenactin. 
<laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> well, you never saw those commercials? No. Yeah, he advertised for Tenactin. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, for I, a long time. I, I guess I, I'm really bad at remembering commercials. <laughs> Oh, well. that's that's the weak point in my TV watching. Ever since, well, 2006 is when I started not watching commercials. Mm. Started mm. finding ways not to watch them. Hulu, Netflix. <laughs> yes, those those reasons. Hulu is not actually a correct answer for that. <laughs> no, that's true. I almost never watch Hulu though. All right, uh, so we have going around the table some Stone Soup by New Glarus. New Glarus is one of our delightful Wisconsin breweries. That's pretty well known even outside of Wisconsin. You just can't get it anywhere other than here. I know it's a it's a point of pride. It is, but they're they're getting so big and popular. Like you'd think at one point they would need to start exporting outside of the state, but I guess not. Well, well they I mean, don't want to. I guess no, no, they really don't. They really don't. I mean, it's kind of part of their image. It really is. They're the Wisconsin brewery. They have uh, Wisconsin on their logo. They, you know, thumbprint th- sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the thumbprint series. Well, it makes yeah. It, it makes it easy for me when it comes around to Christmas time to buy some uh, some beer for my family. It's like, oh, they can't buy this in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm a little back and forth on it. I, I mean, I, I believe they easily could and it would be successful. Do I want to, you know, I like all the business my store gets from people just coming oh, to the coming state in, and yeah. grabbing just buttloads of nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that they would be able to do as many of like the, like the thumbprint series and all the small batches that they do if they no. started exporting? No. no, not even close. Okay. Uh, you'd probably see it. Well, I, uh, what you see now is they have like their nine seasonals or whatever it happens to be. And they pump out the four thumbprints every year. And it's, um, sorry, the new thumbprints. And they've also been releasing a bunch of old ones at the same time. So typically when you'd only see four in a year, we've been seeing like seven or eight. Oh, wow. Is is the Apple Ale a thumbprint? Um, Unofficially, or at least uh, they have thumbprint and I forget what the other name is they they came up with a secondary name for the same sort of series and as far as i can tell one is um a re-release of the old thumbprints and the other one is a new thumbprints being introduced um and so when i say that there's been like nine uh there have been new ones uh, that have been released parallel to the old ones being re-released Okay. I don't think I've had any of the thumbprints. Yeah, you have. We've had them on the. They're, they're the uh, ones on with the, the red foil. The show. Yeah, oh, uh, the, right. the wild sour. I believe is the last one we had. The, yeah, and yeah, I, I think, think I still have a new one bottle of that somewhere hiding <laughs> that you hid from yourself so you wouldn't drink it. <laughs> yes, yeah, because I really liked that beer. I want to try it in a year or two's time and just see what. You're happened never going to it. find it again. Probably not. <laughs> you just, just hidden somewhere. You just lost that beer. All right, but specifically this beer, uh, Stone Soup. Miles, you told me that this was the beer that got you into craft beer. This was the beer. For a long time, I wasn't the biggest fan of beer in general as a beverage, um, but for the most part, I was dealing with Mick Golden 
Miller High Life, which at this point have a soft spot in my heart and it will forever, and Lining Kugels. And Lining Kugels was kind of craft before craft was a thing. Yeah. But for me personally, it was only good enough to drink when, you know, all my brothers and cousins wanted to Mm -hmm. have fun. But then one day my brother comes home with stone soup and it was just like, you know, the clouds separate with the beam of light on top of the glass. And For, it was it was basically magic. Yeah. Um, it it's it's that. a Belgian pale ale, which is always a fun style. I agree. Um, it comes in at 5.3%. Um, you get a lot of like that Belgian uh, aroma. Like it smells Belgian. Yeah. Banana. Yeah. You get a lot of banana. That's that's what it was that I was smelling. I was going to say citrus, but that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. I also think compared to a lot of um, Belgian pails, it's got a fairly fairly soft palate. Yeah, like it's not so harsh. Yeah, it's it's not. It's very smooth. I, yeah, I guess harsh is the yeah. And if I remember correctly, I think this is a Brett beer. Is no, it's not. There's no way that this is Brett. I had a I had a customer come in tell me he was talking to Dan, who admitted to this being a Brett beer. I really yeah, I, I just find that really hard to believe. I don't know what that is. That's a it's a bug for that uh, you know sours. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't, Carlos. What do you think? Well, I like it. Uh, I've had stone soup before. I usually do get like if I saw a stone soup and. Uh, a spod cow. I usually just grab uh, spod cow because I know I'm going to drink all that right away. <laughs> but uh, it's good. Like I really should probably buy it more often than, than uh, I do with a spod cow. Yes, you should. Jeez. <laughs> right. Yeah, it I, shares a lot of the like wheat characteristic from the yeast. And yeah, the, and the aroma. There, there's a there's like almost a half of Eisen character mm-hmm. to it. Yep. I, th- I think that might just be the banana. Yeah, and very, fooling but my it's palate. very low. You know, hop. It's not like a a lot of the Belgian pale ales I taste have more hop characteristic that come forward on it, and it's it's really nice and smooth and you know yeah balanced out. So you get the yeast more of characteristic than which which is good because a lot of those, especially West Coast hops, they don't uh, mingle well with the esters from the from the Belgian yeast. Like yeah, they just the contrasting flavors that don't go well together. There's a huge you know it's a lot of it's the hop selection and things like that that they do with it that. Uh, you know, and, and for me as a brewer too, it's the the pelletized hops are what is mostly available in the commercial, you know, in the commercial market for those large batches, and they end up creating a little bit of a harshness characteristic on it, and it's it, they're a lot of them are so pungent that they're so hop forward that you know you lose some of that balance of the other characteristics of the beer. Okay, um, Rick, what do you think? Well, I mean, I'm not a I don't know all the fancy terms, but it's a good beer. It's it's smooth and it's a little dryish. Yeah, it's not a uh, not super dry, but it's, it's well, it, good... it it makes you want to drink another. Like, yeah, you get done, you're like, I could really use some more. It's a good it's a good beer. Oh yeah, I think it's dry enough to keep you drinking, but not yeah. so dry. Yeah, that... it's not like so dry that you don't realize you just took a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. What was the beer that did it for you, if I may ask? Um, you know, it was uh, Summit Great Northern Porter. I can see that. That's a That's good a one. That's a good beer. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, you know, I I discovered that in uh, 
my oh when I was probably 19 years old, 20 years old. Yeah, that's and, about how uh, old I was. Yeah, and it was uh, yeah it, for me that was just hands down that I wanted to make that beer. You know, so I can see it. That um, that's a, a beer that I point out to people. It's like if you want, you know, what kind of epitomizes the style of a porter. Great Northern Porter does it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the best out there, but it is a prime example of what what's supposed to be happening. Yeah, I I you know it's it's got the you know the good blend of the you know hop and fuggle or the Cascade and Fuggles combination mm-hmm. in it, and uh, yeah, I mean it's got the malt backbone to it, so it's it's just a well balanced yeah. you know porter. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, I feel like porters are really underrated in the marketplace. Well, yeah, yes and no. I think uh, historically speaking, the porter had its spot, and uh, I, I'm talking about recently with this craft beer resurgence. Well, I mean, I, I guess my point is, is if you're going to try and do a really, really good porter, you might as well do a stout, you know, or or at least when, sorry, for what the consumer seems to yeah, want. Yeah. Um. Yes, I, I think the porter is is understated, but I mean, for for my palate specifically, like if if I'm reaching for something and I have a choice between a stout and a porter, I'm going to reach for the porter 100 percent of the time. Really? Just yeah, I I love porters. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm typically like the you know I want this to be a meal sort of thing. Yeah, I'm like I'm just gonna I'm gonna reach for the because I can have two or three porters. You can have. One or two stout. <laughs> like, no, that's that's true too. Before you're just full. Yeah, the the roasted characteristic in a stout sometimes in the commercial commercial beer industry to me seems like it's uh, kind of overdone. So you you know I I know with a porter I don't expect to have that kind of harsh roasted malt finish on it. You know, with a porter, I know that there should be, you know, some sweetness, you know, behind there, and it should end a little easier than, yeah, you know, to, than that heavy roast character. Just overall, uh, lighter, lighter beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. like stout light, stout right. light. Yeah, I mean, basically, that's what it was designed to be way back when mm-hmm. grains got way too freaking expensive. Yeah, but um, no, I, I. You were you were talking about the sweetness. I think a lot of stouts these days are getting really, really, really sweet, yep. almost to the point of being cloying. Mm-hmm. And so I've been finding myself uh, taking a step back and having uh, beers like Older Sputin and uh, the Narwhal from Sierra Nevada as dry stouts as as an alternative. And I'm huge, huge fan of those. Yeah, the one the one that I have on tap at our place right now is pretty sweet it's this you know same same thing and i've had a lot of requests for dryer stout you know so that's probably on my coming yeah. up list to do here well and there's nothing wrong with a sweet stout but some of the bigger names like uh surly in the past couple of years they've had some really sweet ones and dark lord oh my god dark lord is sweet <laughs> yeah, oh is. my <laughs> like you could pour that shit on your pancakes yeah no, you <laughs> alcoholic syrup <laughs> And the syrup would float on top. Right? (laughs) (laughs) The syrup has the lower specific gravity. Fantastic. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, I guess we've pretty much exhausted Stone Soup. So let's move on to some news, because that's always fun. Right, guys? Yeah. I like one question. I like it. Where are the banjos? 
Well, it's not other news. <laughs> we, we, we tried playing the banjos during the new. I'm working on it. I'm just going to say that I'm working on Actually, the banjos were a really big issue at the last meeting, at the last staff meeting. We Casey did, we was against them. It, yeah. He hates banjos. <laughs> That's the fact, everybody. Send yes. your email, angry emails to Casey. The banjos are coming back in a different way. Send send your angry emails about the banjos to the ninja at mindinstudios.com. There you go. Yeah. And I will completely just Ignore stick those them, yeah. in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a Florida man really didn't want to drink alone, so he asked his neighbors to imbibe with him. When they refused, he did the only reasonable thing and immediately called 911 to report their rude behavior. <laughs> That's what I do. Carlos, you want to drink with me? No. I'm calling 911. That's <laughs> uh, The operator on the end chastised him about misusing 911 and hung up. So the operator at the end was like, you know what? I completely understand. Just this is not the way to use 911. <laughs> just, just go about your day. 30 minutes later, the man called back again saying that it was his birthday and the neighbors were being rude. <laughs> Police then came to help him celebrate by arresting him for disorderly intoxication and misusing 911. <laughs> you know, the, in Wisconsin, though, they probably would do something about this. They would show up with a drinking cake? with your neighbor? <laughs> if all it took was a call to the cops to get a keg, I'd be all over that. <laughs> I should really just not drink during the news. <laughs> I almost spewed beer all over my laptop. <laughs> Another Florida man was arrested for impersonating a police officer. So I'm going to Florida tomorrow. <laughs> I'm really frightened. Are I you might really? die. Yeah. I'm leaving for Orlando, Orlando tomorrow morning. <laughs> what about me? You can fit my suitcase, maybe. I'm not checking the bag, but... Um, why was he? Or, all right, another Florida man was arrested for impersonating a police officer. Why was he doing it? To get a discount on donuts, of course. <laughs> Apparently, the 48-year-old man walked into a Dunkin' Donuts wearing a police uniform and demanded a discount from the employees, and he was given one. Right, okay. and so he kept doing this for a couple of weeks until the manager thought it was he was abusing his discount when he stopped by, uh, wearing the uniform. With his family and kids, like his oh. wife and kids, demanding the discount. At that point, he's like, wait a second. Something might not be right here. Just not quite right. What kind so, of person eats Dunkin' Donuts that often? That's a lot of Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, Carlos, if you were getting a really good discount on Dunkin' Donuts. No, because I'd have to drive to Dunkin' Donuts every day to get those donuts. It's just not wait. worth it. And if you not- had to buy the by the oh. uniform too. Oh yeah. I mean I, I guess. Maybe he was just trying maybe to pay why. for the uniform. Or maybe he got it on discount after Halloween. Who knows? Yeah, but see that's still or a he's double a real stripper and he just already had it. <laughs> it still I mean it still goes both ways. If he's going to invest in a costume to get a discount on Dunkin' Donuts, then he has to go out of his way to buy enough discounted donuts to pay for the suit. <laughs> I don't question Floridian <laughs> mindsets. I really don't. You're the one going there. They're the bath salts. It's not people. my fault. It's Work the, is sending me. <laughs> I don't want to go. It's the bath salts. It might be. I don't know. <laughs> I suppose I should is. probably wear one of those hockey mat, like those goalie masks, so like people don't eat my face. That <laughs> I have a feeling you're probably not going to get any uh, successful listeners down there. 
I think bus- we're going to try. I think businesses would kick you out <laughs> if you walked in with a hockey mask. <laughs> no, no, no. It's for my face protection. I just don't want the, the you people know what? with bath salts to eat my face. A couple weeks ago, we actually had a customer come in wearing a hockey mask. Did you kick him out? No. Was it Halloween? No. It was neither of those things. And then, uh, when, like, he left. He got about two blocks down the street, and then we saw a cop car pulled over next to him talking to the guy. <laughs> what did he buy? I don't remember. Aww. I just remember he looked. Uh, Jason needs beer. surprised. Yeah. He had really, really long fingernails, like, to the point of being creepy on a guy. You know, that in a hockey yep. mask, he's, he's coming Trim to haunt someone's dreams. Trim them. Trim them. <laughs> a New York man tried to solve his neighbor problems the old-fashioned way with a Civil War cannon. <laughs> According to police reports, the 52-year-old man was fed up with his neighbors and started firing his Civil War cannon at, at their house. He was only shooting powder and wadding, but he kept firing for several days. So several days, he's just shooting blanks at this person's house. And then finally the cops are called. They're like, all right, you know what? We've had enough. We haven't slept for a week. A couple days of cannon fires. Those are the most chilled out neighbors ever. (laughs) Oh, there he goes. Fargus Cannon again. Maybe they're just like a party house, and they're like, yeah, another shot, another shot. <laughs> they turn it into a drinking game. <laughs> I would. The crazy what? old dude shooting his cannon at us. <laughs> Let's do shots. <laughs> Guys, don't have the bass turned up so loud. You'll blow my speaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, when they finally get uh, or wake up too hungover one morning, and he's still shooting is when they finally <laughs> the like, God, All right, we're done. This is over. So the police charged him with harassment, and then they seized his cannon. Those jerks. Uh, <laughs> it's probably a good idea. <laughs> it's okay. He's been shooting blanks for years. <laughs> you just had to go there. You just had to. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. A Pennsylvania man has been arrested after he stole uh, a $125,000 backhoe from a construction site and drove it 30 miles to a scrapyard in Philadelphia to try to sell it. I feel like he would have had to put gas in it. It took him two and a half hours to drive this backhoe 30 miles. (laughs) Like, they don't go fast. I wish it would have been, like, high-speed pursuit, too, or well, low-speed, like police following this backhoe down the road. Digging himself a path. As he He's Make just tunneling. Road. <laughs> Another okay. Artemy, Serpentine. <laughs> like, are you just walking by a construction site and be like, the scrap metal in that would be amazing. It's meth. It's gotta be meth. Yeah, but a meth head wouldn't spend two and a half hours doing something. No, he'd, he'd probably get out and keep it. He'd like, push it, just, it faster. <laughs> a New Hampshire man who had a warrant out for his arrest was apprehended on Friday after he commented on his own wanted photo on Facebook. I saw this one. Yeah. Uh, the man commented that he that the charges against him were BS and the government was ruining his life. He was uh, I saw the I saw the post and he was also fighting with people about his tattoos. On, on this, <laughs> really? <yeah. laughs> this lady like commented you can't be successful with those tattoos. And he started talking about that. And someone called him the devil. And he's like, maybe I am the devil, but I ain't doing anything wrong. Like, 
<laughs> so what, what what was the warrant for? Does it say? Uh, it was for owning a, a gun when... Uh, as a felon? As a felon, yeah. Oh. You can't own firearms if you're a felon. Yeah. What was his felony? I, I, I don't it, know. Okay. I didn't no, see I, that. I, I, I didn't figured, research that far into it. I, I figured that would be too much, but I was just curious. Yeah. I was just like, oh, this moron commented on his own Facebook <laughs> phone. They're ruining my life. I'm a felon and I can't own a gun. Copy and pasted. <laughs> <laughs> it's about how much effort he puts into most of this. Hey. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a Southern California man was arrested after he assaulted a taxi driver over a fare dispute. His weapon of choice? A didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A didgeridoo, for those of you who don't know, is a long wooden instrument from Australia. And it's a lot of fun to say. Just try it right now. Didgeridoo. <laughs> uh, the man first threatened the man with the weapon. And when the driver drove away, he chased after the cab, whacking it on the trunk with his didgeridoo. <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly having a hard time picturing him do or hitting the car more than once, because those things are like six feet long. Is <laughs> he like going to his didgeridoo gig? <laughs> like, maybe he's coming back from Australia, I don't know. But he's just like, no, no, no. I owe you $25, not $26. Eat didgeridoo, motherfucker. <laughs> now, done. do you think he was trying to, like, stab or swing like a baseball bat? <laughs> I don't think you can swing it inside the cab. It, it'd be so slow. Like, well, I, I think he was outside of the cab okay. by the time this happened. I thought yeah. he was so, assaulting and then got out and then kept assaulting. <laughs> no, because, I mean, if he was inside and assaulting the cab, he wouldn't have driven away. It says he threatened him with the weapon. <laughs> You threaten I will play this. I will. You can't and, stop me. And I'm not good. <laughs> Something a little bit more local. Uh, Maple Grove, Minnesota, a suburb of the Twin Cities, for those of you who don't know, is getting a 20,000 square foot liquor store. That's huge. That is huge. Like, do you know what the square footage of Divine is? Not very big. Yeah, I mean, probably what fifteen hundred, maybe. 15? I, I have no, no idea. There's okay. a lot of stuff in that store. There is a, there, no. It's, it, I mean, it, a lot of stuff is crammed in there. Yeah, it's the most well-stocked store in the area. So if you're going to buy beer, you should go to Divine. It, it Thank you for the uh, for the shameless plug. Appreciated. I <laughs> buy all my beer there. I no, stopped um, there on my way here. And gave him samples of beer. Nice. Mm-hmm. Hash winning. No. <laughs> Charlie Sheening. No, I, Divine is a huge fan of the I show. I went to so I Texas a couple of weeks ago, and I went to a liquor store down there that was just unrealistically large. You know, it's like they didn't have much um, security as far as, like, uh, special bottles. Mm-hmm. You know, because for us, if we have a 15-year bottle of scotch, it's sitting behind the counter. Yeah. I was seeing, like, 18- and 21-year-old bottles of scotch. Like on the shelf, on, on the shelf, like every, next to everything else, they had more vodka than we have product. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. How many different kinds of vodka can there be? It's all tasteless shite. Like <laughs> if that, I'm on board. No, um, realistically though, it's like imagine the uh, the Hudson Walmart. Mm-hmm. It was about that wide, and probably only about as third a third as deep, but it was just liquor. Wow. I know where I'm going for the zombie How was their craft beer selection? Surprisingly depressing. Really? We had more. 
That's well. That that's really sad. Like, if you have that much floor space, why not devote a nice? It, big it was all liquor to... and wine. Like, imagine anything we have for liquor. They also had a one seven five for it. Wow. Yeah. I want a one seven five of a Belvini twelve year old Caribbean. They had it. <laughs> no. No, that's okay. They probably didn't have it for Scotch, but like, um, you know, Jose Cuervo, yeah. uh, Sailor Jerry. Don Julio Patron. Wow. I didn't even know they made 175s of Patron. <laughs> oh, yes, they do. And it looks ridiculous. Because it's the same bottle shape. Is it shape. the same bottle? It's the same bottle shape. Yes. It's a massive bottle. They even had it for some of the scotch. You know, like, uh, How do you hold that Like when you're trying to pour it both hands? You don't pour it. You just chug it. You just hold this gigantic bottle over your head. Exactly. No, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. Just yeah. stick a lime in there. And a coconut. Uh, so the, the previous uh, record for the largest store in Minnesota... Or liquor store in Minnesota was uh, ten thousand square feet, and this, so this one's double. That? This is double it, and wow. it's going in old like office space location. Jeez, which is interesting. Right next to a Target. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it needs to be. It makes the Target look like a gas station. <laughs> um, a fossil of two dinosaurs locked in combat is going up for auction this week in New York. Twenty uh, million. That's my bet. Not quite. Nine million. Ah, dang it's, it. it's a seventeen meter long fossil, and it's expected to fetch upwards of nine million. I I would spend that much if they were locked in sex. <laughs> you just want to see two dinosaurs going at it. Well, if I can get a fossil of that, <laughs> there is no way I'm not buying that. I'd go to the bank and be like, "Yeah, I need a loan. <laughs> How much? Nine million dollars for what?" Uh, Dinosaur well, sex. I'm gonna have to show you this. <laughs> you might Isn't not this believe awesome? otherwise. <laughs> I'm gonna donate it right to uh, a museum. I swear. Maybe if, it, <laughs> maybe if one of them was a T-Rex. <laughs> I, I don't care what they are. If it's dinosaurs banging, I'm buying it. <laughs> Watch it be like some prehistoric single cell organism. Something <laughs> this big, and it, it's it's just splitting in two. And he's like, you know, what? that counts. <laughs> it comes with a with disclaimer: itself. you need a microscope. <laughs> to see it. <laughs> uh, the owners, operators of Snapchat turned down a $3 billion, that's with a B, billion dollar buyout offer from Facebook this week. Snapchat is run by two Stanford grads in their mid-20s. So these two mid-20s guys were like, no, 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 we don't want $3 billion. Yeah, I saw this this too, and I'm like, You're, that, your service is going to collapse in the next right? like couple years for sure. Yeah, take the payout. <laughs> uh, for for those of you who don't know, Snapchat is a it's like a service. You can take a picture or a video, and after you send it to somebody, it disappears after a set amount in seconds. So, like after ten seconds, nobody can view that picture anymore. It's for teenagers right. sending naked pictures well, to yes. each other. I That's see, what it is. I can actually see now why uh, Facebook or NFL turned down players. The, uh, yeah, it would kind of beat the whole purpose of the. Uh, of the uh, of Snapchat, if uh, Facebook had, because they just save all copies of all the pictures. <laughs> yeah, but pretty much three think, billion dollars. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, it's like on the one hand, I'm glad Facebook doesn't have it, but on the other hand, there is no way in hell you'd ever get me to turn down three billion. Oh no, 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 way. no. three billion dollars. Like I and my uh, extended family would live pretty for the rest of our lives. <laughs> 
And all of your children. <laughs> and all of my children's for the next five generations. Right. Most of my friends and their children for five generations. Billion is a it's the big way to go. number. It's the way to go, really. Billion is a stupidly large number. And then you a, have three of them. Yeah. And and I split between two people, so I guess one and a half billion. Oh, After Lord. taxes, one billion. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's still a thousand millions. <laughs> right. If only... Uh, you could Snap- buy aircraft carriers for that much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> if only Snapchat was available to use for Brett Favre in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Would have saved him a lot of trouble. That's a very Wisconsin-centric joke. <laughs> Nobody else is going to be like, oh, that's oh, funny. Anyone who knows... Anyone knows who it... Well... It was in New York that he did that. Well, to be that, fair, I we suppose. are drinking Stone Soup. This is true. I mean, and, you know, we do have another Wisconsin brewer on the show. Wisconsin right show. This, so. yes. It is a very Wisconsin-centric show. All right, I have one last story. And this one is more for me than anybody else because I love computer shit. And a huge breakthrough has been made in quantum computing uh, at Simon Fraser University in California. A team there was able to make a solid-state quantum drive for the lack of a better term, retain memory for 39 minutes at room temperature. The previous record was three minutes at absolute zero, which is as cold as you can make anything go, and 25 seconds at room temperature. So they just uh, were I, like, no, I, we they, can do it. All. Like I'm reading blew through this that paragraph. Out of the water. I'm reading through this paragraph, and I'm not, I don't, what does this mean? Okay, so right now, computers store data in ones and zeros. Yes. Using quantum computing, you can store uh, data in ones and zeros and in super states of ones and zeros, which is basically one and zero at the same time. For I'd, 39 minutes. For 39 minutes, which, yeah. I mean, is, is a record right now. So, so it's exciting because it's a beginning of them working towards something. Yes, so... I we can it. we can take our current like processing chips and make them even smaller and have them do infinitely more. Work. Yeah, like okay. like yeah. we're we're talking about computing at the molecular level. Oh, okay. Very, I, I, very literally. Yeah. No, probably, it's, probably it's not actually, gonna be able to run Windows XP off it. Probably not. Not compatible. No. no. <laughs> not I, compatible architecture, Carlos. I, I've I've done actually a lot of um, looking into quantum computing because I find it so amazing myself. And it's like uh, it 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 only is applicable to certain types of computing, in that it is able to reduce the number of steps to come to a conclusion. Yes. And so it's like think about um, especially like weather patterns and yeah, stuff like that. basically so iterative math problems. You know, ba- think about it like that. You know, it's like where you have to perform a function over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to come up to the answer you're looking for, this will be able to drop that number by factors of 10, you know, which is just, you know, absolutely mind-bogglingly amazing. Um, But it's really super weird and hard to understand. Well, quantum mechanics, like you just have to have a basic understanding of quantum mechanics. Yeah, which which is in and of itself is not easy. So you almost need a physics degree just basically. It's like way faster. Yes, but so way more possibilities. It's 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 more possibilities for the things that they're using supercomputers for right now, which is basically solving real world equations like weather patterns, shit happening in space, yeah, yeah, uh, like probabilities of 
you know, just stuff. Yeah, like, if if they've ever, if you've ever read something like we had to take a supercomputer five days to do this thing. Yeah, we're talking seconds with quantum computing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. That, that's wow. And and again, it's only for like a specialized list of of computing that uh, this would be applicable for. It would never be able to give you like higher def for your YouTube videos. Oh. So I'm probably not going. <laughs> We're own not looking at 1080p computer. plus here. <laughs> no, not no. not yet. But in no. the future, maybe because <clears throat> who knows? It could have consumer I applications that have. we just don't know about yet. I won't ever have to watch the weather. Right? Exactly. I'll just compute it myself. You're just like, oh, wait, wait. What is that brain computer? The weather. Yeah, I know what that is now. <laughs> <laughs> it takes three seconds. It figures out every YouTube video you're going to watch for the next five years. Right. <laughs> and it cues them for you. <laughs> I, I would buy that. That'd be way easier than <laughs> clicking on the side and watching kitten I know, videos like, for three hours. <laughs> just admit it. You'd do that anyways. I uh, well, I do already. <laughs> I watch kitten videos on YouTube because right. I watch one and I'm like, "Oh, what's this kitten doing over here?" <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to take a short break because I really got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when we come back, we are going to talk to Mike about Pitchfork Brewing, and I'm really excited about this. This is going to be a right. lot of fun. Excellent. So we'll see you guys in a few minutes. Thank you. And we're back because that's a thing that we do after we go away for a break. Except when we don't. <laughs> Except when we uh, don't come back. That is an empty bottle. We're good. <laughs> Man, I feel like Brandon now I'm yeah, bumping into things. Or maybe Matt. Brandon's the worst sometimes. Gosh. <laughs> you don't know. Actually, you're not like Matt because it would have had beer in it if it was Matt. This is true. This is true. All right. Uh, so we are going to begin talking with Mike Fredrickson from Pitchfork Brewing, which is located in Hudson, Wisconsin. And it's a fantastic brewery. I don't know. Well, we went uh, a couple yep. weeks a couple weeks ago. Uh, have you been there yet? I have not been there yet. No. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I love your guys' tap room. It's fantastic. And plus, it's right next to my favorite restaurant in the world, Patty Ryan's. So. <laughs> yeah, we the went food the, uh, there is good. Oh, it's fantastic. Braised oh. beef. They <laughs> advertised chicken in my cheese nuggets. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Um, yeah, we went... the. Day of the first anniversary BNS show. Yes, we did. All right. So, Mike, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Pitchfork and how it became to be? And well, uh, I guess um, it it really kind of uh, culminated when I was um, I was working on the uh, Wisconsin homebrewing legislation, and my uh, my partner Jason Edwards. He was uh, he was he got approached by someone else to, uh, potentially invest into, um, you know, into a business, uh, that Jason wanted to do. And he was a heavy, heavy equipment operator and he didn't want to do that. And so he wanted to do a brewery and, uh, I had known him from the, you know, from way back in the day. And, uh, and I was in the paper for the homebrewing legislation and he and I had swapped some work and stuff like that. And so he called me up and said, I'm serious as a heart attack. I want to start a brewery. So, um, so from there, the investor thing didn't work out, and uh, we decided just to come up with the money on our own, and uh, and we started the brewery. It was awesome. Uh, it took a long time to get everything, well over a year before we were, 
you know, from start okay. to finish to getting it open. So, right, uh, I guess my first question is, uh, what uh, homebrew legislation in Wisconsin here? Just for the listeners who don't. Yeah, know. it was uh, Senate Bill three ninety five. The um, Wisconsin Department of Revenue, I think, was poked by the Tavern <clears throat> League and said, "Hey, look at this pre prohibition law that uh, describes." Uh, describes that homebrew home brewers should not be able to take their uh, their beer off of their property, and so at that point they started, you know, not necessarily enforcing it, but getting homebrewers from not being able to take it into Class B, you know, establishments and have yeah. their meetings, and then um, you know, doing any events, things like that. So okay, that was the main. Problem. So so it, it basically allowed homebrewers to have. Uh, homebrew competitions, right? Like the divine homebrew competition that happens every year. Yep, all of all of you know, and they they had it. You know, the way it was was stated that you couldn't take it off your you know off your property. Okay. Um, and so yeah, so we, the uh, American Homebrewers Association got a hold of everybody who had a club, uh, all the club presidents, and I had a club, and so um, we just started a grassroots, you okay, know, grassroots deal. We had a couple of attorneys. Um, that were homebrewers and members of clubs. And so we kind of wrote the law and went down to Madison, did some kicking and screaming, and finally got it's it It's very through. cool. Very yeah. cool. Wow. Awesome. I remember as soon as that passed, like, we actually were out with our beer somewhere else. Yeah, we were. It was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, I think it was only like a week or so after that was the first Divine Homebrew Competition. Yeah. No, it, it was awesome. Well, the first, I guess... Technically the f- legal, the yeah, exactly. Divine homebrew competition. Yeah. No, that was our first one. I thought was was that? that yeah, was, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. it? It was the first. About the only thing that preceded that, I think, was our homebrew demonstration. That's right. Okay, and I don't think that is technically illegal. <laughs> well, we did. We didn't consume any homebrew. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think and at we that were point, okay. legally, it's not beer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't think we we. Well, I guess we pitched on the premises, but yeah, but I mean, and that's by the when time it, it left, we were probably right? at point oh five percent, which I don't think counts as alcoholic. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, I guess what what do you classify pitch forecast? Is it a nano, a micro? Oh, it's definitely a nano. Nano. Um, okay. Right now, we've been brewing uh, three and a half barrel uh, batches. We just got some custom false bottoms done. Uh, so that we can switch our kettles around. When we ordered our kettles, um, stainless steel people aren't brewers, so they put, uh, <laughs> they put the false bottom in the smallest kettle, which doesn't you know didn't oh, make sense. Yeah. So, uh, so we had false bottoms made. I'm a whole leaf hop brewer, so I've got one for the uh, boil kettle now too, so I can just throw all my uh, leaf straight in there rather than bagging them. Um, Not bad. Yeah, and now the the added false bottoms uh, gets us up to five barrels. Oh, nice. Yep. So, you, so you're on a five-barrel system then? Yeah, we'll still brew. Uh, because of our fermenters, we'll still, we have a couple of five-barrel fermenters, and then we have um, seven total fermenters, and the rest of them are three-and-a-half-barrels. So we'll we'll still brew you know, a fair amount of three-and-a-half-barrels, okay. but a couple of the ones that are selling really fast, we'll do five-barrels. Are, are you the only brewer there, or do you have a... Uh, my partner's my assistant brewer, but okay. yeah, it's, um, they're all my recipes. Okay. I was a 20-year home brewer, started at Northern Brewer. I was probably the fourth hire ever there. Okay. Um, when it started, I worked there for about six years. Not bad. Awesome. Um, at, back in those days, um, you could, they allowed us to brew as much 
as we wanted anytime we wanted. Um, yeah, I've been, cool. so I've been I, in their basement. There's like 40, 40 fermenters down there. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude, it's ridiculous and <laughs> awesome. I yeah. think I need to change careers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we were all really passionate about it at the time. It was myself and Andy Grage from... Uh, from um, Vine Park Brewing, okay. and then Peter Ausenhus, uh, who started Worth Brewing in Iowa, and uh, and then Mike Dawson from Brewing TV. Uh, we okay. were kind of the main staff. So uh, basically everyone who was there has gone on to do greater things in the brewing. Yeah, world. for the most part. We're actually, uh, there's discussion between uh, Mike Dawson, myself, and Peter about uh, kind of getting the band back together and doing some form of collaboration that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be pretty darn cool. That would be yeah, very we're, cool. We're going to do it. It's just a matter of getting the logistics out of the way. All right. Uh, yeah. So going around right now, we have your Pilsner, right? Mm-hmm. Pilsner. Um, Carlos, what, what do you think? And while, while Carlos is kind of thinking about what he thinks, can you, what can you tell us about this Pilsner? Um, it's a traditional German Pilsner. Uh, it's 100% Weyermann, uh Pilsner malt with uh, German Perlet hops and uh, Bohemian, uh, Y-East Bohemian Lager. Um, and that's, that's it. That's what it is. Good, simple Pilsner. Yeah, I love I, it. It's, you know, with most of my, most of the German lagers that I like to make, I find that simplicity is the best. Yeah. Sim, um, a lot of people underestimate, uh, the power of simplicity. They, they really do. Like I've done a few like single malt, single hot beers and those yeah. always turned out better than anything. You know, you just put the kitchen sink into. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we've had a few where we've done a lot of different, you know, like a very complex ingredient, or excuse me, recipe, and they've turned out well, but for the most part, the simpler we keep it, uh, typically the better it ends up being. Yeah. So, Carlos, what, what are you thinking? I actually really like this Pilsner. It's great. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, what what kind of temp control, like what kind of temps are you fermenting We at? do, uh, I have a 53 degree cellar set up. Uh, okay. So we, we use ambient temperature for everything. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, no glycol. All of our fermenters are on wheels. So um, so I'll ferment it at 53, roll it out for a diacetyl um, in the main level, just let it, and then I crash cool it in the 39 degree cooler. So it's, I mean, nothing's it's, filtered or anything like wow. that, but it's... Uh, it's surprisingly clean for ambient. Like, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's a, you know, the way we've got our, um, the way we've got all of our stuff set up, it's uh, our main cooler um, has a, you know, large compressor unit on it. And then we, we have a thermostat that recirculates off of that. So the coolers are next to each other. So a, a louvered fan kicks on okay. and rotates the air through the cellar. So very cool. Yeah, it's, I designed everything. It, it, it seems very homebrew. It's if you've been to the brewery and you look at the back, it is a large homebrewing setup. That there is, cool. is uh, That's there's amazing. no control panel. It's myself, a mash pedal, and thermometers. Yeah, I, I direct fire. Respect. Yeah, just, res- respect. <laughs> just no, respect. No, I, I've been uh, I've been making my own equipment for the last couple of years, so I I I can conceive the idea. Maybe not quite on that scale, but I I know I know the feels. Yeah. and I go to miles for every equipment need I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know when when we started it, uh, you know I I graph paper, you know, mapped out everything. We do some interesting things there. Our, uh, the, oh, our business and model is essentially, you know, to, to be environmentally conscious and reuse, you know, as much things as we can. So our, our actual tap room itself, uh, almost everything in there is repurposed okay. or built by us. 
So our countertop, uh, the bar top is all flooring that came off of Craigslist that we stripped down, redid. All of our booths came out of a youth center. Had to belt sand all the obscenities, you know, off of them yeah. and redo it. And, uh, you know, the pitchfork tables that we made, you know, the tops, an old door, um, concreted actual pitchforks in it to hold it together. I've got an old barn door, lights that have baby chicken waters that I took off a job site that they're throwing them out rewired them put new switches in them and you know uh pulled a lot of stuff off a farm i'm gonna go to the tap room with a whole new eye i I, when i went there i i my dad's a construction worker he's been there for 30 years so i noticed buildings i managed a construction company and i noticed a lot of stuff like that a lot of uh i noticed how it looked really uh it's it's simple in the tap room but very interesting yeah all the all yeah. the pieces that you have in there, and it's really cool. It's uh, a nice environment. I have a question, like mm-hmm. uh, with repurposing all this stuff. Like, do you manage to save any money from like? I'm sure you had a, had a much larger time investment, but like as far as the actual items themselves, oh yeah, saved lots of money. I mean, I think uh, we have got 150 dollars into our solid cherry bar top and you know, oh wow foot rail. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. So and and all of the you know. Probably the most clever thing in the tap room is the firkin behind the double hung window, you know. And so, like all of that stuff, you know, we've got solid cherry saloon doors. All that was like building material outlet that I went and bought, you know, scratch and dent stuff, you yeah. know, to to put it all together. And that was the first reason I stepped foot in there. It's like, oh wait, they have firkins. I mean, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I love Cascale. It's yeah, we and we tap a new thing. one every every thursday so that's uh you know and sometimes i small batch it or sometimes i just take the you know something from the other batches and do something different to it okay load it with hops or we have a the pumpkin ale that we had at our harvest fest is in a cast this weekend and you know so i loaded a bunch of extra cinnamon sticks in there and and did that very cool very cool um i guess getting back to this pilsner rick what did you think of the pilsner Uh, i like it a lot it's uh Oh. <laughs> As he drinks more, Let me take oh, so good. it's more. it's got like a it's it's got a bitterness to it that's not that's too different. sharp. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of different. It's it's it tastes like a perfect amount of bitterness for the beer, but a little uh, it's smooth. Yeah, it's, it's good to drink. It's it's uh, the, it's the whole leaf hops that you know that I think that make the difference in it. Okay, um, the. That, you know, the hop characteristic is there, but it's a softened kind of round characteristic that mm-hmm. I always attribute to the to using whole leaf versus pelletized hops. I so think that they so, so that's why you use whole leaf is for the. Yeah. You think I've, it gives a softer hop characteristic? Yeah, I do. I think it's uh, I think it's a little uh, softer, more uh, well-rounded, not as sharp and, you know, sharp and in your face. And there's uh, to me, there's a little harshness characteristic okay. that, yeah. you know, tends to come with it. Plus. Do you, Oh, oh, is this I'm plus in the the actual brewing process when I throw them in uh, with our false bottom now it catches a lot of the protein. Okay, you know the protein break from the you know so on the hot side of it. So when it settles out, it grabs a lot of that stuff. So so it acts as a natural filter mm-hmm. at the bottom. Then yeah. that's pretty yeah. awesome. Do what's what's the uh, do you know the alcohol content? Mm, I think it is four nine. I okay. think okay. It's, it's a it's it's a, it's a good taste and uh. I, I like it a lot. It 
It's a good yeah. good beer. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a simple simple pilsner, but it's. Yeah, I think yeah. it's yeah. good. Uh, so with with the whole leaf versus the pellet thing, do you use any pellets at all? Like if you're using doing an IPA or something, just to get the bitterness out, or? just in dry hopping. Oh, just um, in dry hopping. Yeah, and it, you know, and I, I've caught a little flack about the IPAs and the not, you know, not being as uh, hop forward. You know, of course, the English ones are generally, you know, yeah, they're, they're more, back. They're, yeah, they're a little they're... more subdued with the earth tone hops to them. But you know, the uh, the American pale ale or the American IPAs, you know, um, mine generally aren't as you know. Sharp the American in the IPA face. is broken, in my opinion. Like it's it's so hop forward that you just get all this really sharp bitterness with none of the hop flavor. Like it's. Yeah, it it does it's not balanced at all, and I mean the Midwest gets a lot of crap for having balanced IPAs, but that's what I like to drink. That's <laughs> kind of the same philosophy I have on them. Uh, my partner, on the other hand, wants me to do a little more hop forward, a lot of know. West Coast style. Yeah, and, you know, and it's yeah, to me, it's the same kind of thing. I think they're sort of one dimensional um, yeah. with it, and that's all you taste is this, you know, this hop um, in there, and, and you lose the rest of the beer. You know, okay. so it's I, you know, I, I'm not opposed to it. I will do something like that, and it's and I'll drink it because right. well, <laughs> Miles, uh, I guess let's get your thoughts on the Pilsner first, and then I'm I'm actually super impressed. I really am. Um, I I find myself as much as I want to like a nice multi lager, I typically find that I would rather have an ale, and. Um, this beer has has come together really, really well. It tastes like classic Wireman malt. It really, really does, and it's probably the variety in hops that you used and the fact that they were whole leaf that the the flavors just kind of marry together just so so well. And I don't think you could have used a different variety of hops. I don't think you could have used a different maltster for your grain, and I don't think you could have used. Um, pellets or pretty much anything else and you know any other appropriate substitution for this beer and, and have it come out this well i i really am impressed it's it's delicious i, I i'm a big that. fan thank you yeah uh speaking well i guess beer wise what beer should we pass around next uh the go for the dunkel the all dunkel right. stay on the all loggers right. for all right go loggers and then oh, what's the third one you have our pitchfork pail. Our pitchfork pail okay um I guess coming back to the whole leaf because I'm really intrigued by this because as a home brewer I always see pellet this pellet 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 mm-hmm. pellet wait like where are you getting all these whole leaf yes. do you have a uh, like a contract somewhere or no um, I get them right now from a, a brewer supply resource and I basically take whatever I can get from them uh, it's easy to get the English and German. Um, it's the American high alpha acid hops that are uh, that are really difficult. That, to that get. are rough to get. Citra, yeah. Simcoe, etc. Yeah, all, <laughs> all of those, you know, and that's the big thing is they instantly turn a lot of those into pellets because it's 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 easier. just a huge yeah, it's yeah. easier. But then again, those are the kind of hops that you don't typically like to use. I'm guessing, right? Right. Well, it's you know, I I would use them if they were available for especially for the you know for the um, for the IPAs, but okay. I just you know, I just can't get them. Our solution to the hop contracts. Um, I'm going to try to avoid ever having one. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, is that even possible? 
I have a guy who planted 180 rhizomes based on my recipe book. Oh, well, that is amazing. <laughs> right. So I think was, I'm okay with that. Right. right? So that Ed, He's out of Stillwater, and so hopefully we will be sourcing all of our hops locally. You know, as much well, as possible. Well, and that—that's like a huge the, selling point too, from a marketing standard, like locally grown and yeah, all that. We try to do, you know, we try to do a lot of that stuff. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, aside from that, like more of the environmentally friendly things mm-hmm. too. Um, but yeah, we, I've, I have twenty-four hop plants in my backyard. I've been brewing with them for you know seven, eight years. That would support half my year's worth of home brewing. Um, you know, so I, I like them. They, yeah. you know, they're fresher, they're different, you know, obviously from the soil and yeah. climate than getting the ones from Yakima, but I like it. I mean, I, I like the freshness characteristic of it. When I get the whole leaf hops now, you know, you can tell that they're heavily processed. I mean, yeah. it just, they get beat up, you know, they get frozen, they get moved around, all that kind of well, stuff. Well, and so. locally it will give your brewery a unique character that it, like nowhere else right. in the world yeah. can replicate. It definitely will, you know, and a lot of my recipes are based around, you know, the hops that are grown locally. So for me, it's, you know, I'll find all those flavor characteristics that I kind of miss right now having to, okay. you know, order all that stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I guess while we're drinking your doppel, Dunkel, 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 sorry, not a doppel. Um, you guys have a really unique relationship with, uh, Patty Ryan's that mm-hmm. I, I guess I haven't seen at another brewery. I mean, do you want to go into that at all? Yeah, or? absolutely. They were, uh, you know, when we were trying to pick out locations and things like that, you know, there at first we looked downtown and, I really didn't want to be there. My partner really kind of wanted to be there. I'm like, there's parking issues. If we ever want to do a festival, how are we going to do this? Okay. You know, um, right now there's an ordinance, no breweries downtown, you know, so then we'd have to, you know, overcome that. And, uh, a lot of red tape. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was a painter, uh, for 13 years and I, um, Mike Ficino, the owner of Patty Ryan's was a builder. And so I painted about 20 of his houses. So, okay. I had a good relationship with him, you know, initially, and he, you know, he was kind of, you know, how about right next to us, you know, and I, I was like, I was worried. I'm like, what about your tap sales? You know, we're going to, we're going to hit, you know, probably some of that. And he talked to some marketing people and, and, uh, and they said, nope, you're not going to hurt his tap sales as much as you think. What you're going to do is increase his volume of people, you know, by possibly up to 30%. And that's, what's happening i can definitely see that yeah i can too so so that that has worked out good they created an appetizer menu they're our answer to food trucks um so he has an appetizer menu that is uh changing seasonally um and so our customer base would fill out fill out what they want walk over there pay for it and then they run it over to them so we don't really have to deal with any of the food but it's available and easy you know for for them to get and then i do an irish whiskey beer for him so and I've had that, and it's delightful. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, no, that, that that's one of the things I really, really like about just kind of like the craft beer atmosphere is people aren't like they're never looking to go in and having only one thing. No, we're, you we know, want to try everything. Yeah, we want to try everything, and if it's good, you know, we'll keep drinking it. Yeah. And so for a place like Patty Ryan's, where they are obviously like a, a craft and small batch, you know, promoter for uh, beer and spirits. 
I, I personally would have believed from the beginning that it would have been a, a good move yeah. yeah, for both for both parties. Plus, it made my perfect Saturday. I go and have lunch at Patty's, and then I finish it off. Are we going there after this? Of course. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's what we find. Yeah, yeah I'm going there. A, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are swinging into the brewery, uh, you know, having a couple beers, going over there and yep. having dinner and a couple more beers and... Uh, and yeah, that that Irish whiskey beer, I small batch it, so it's all you know twenty gallons at a time. I do it twice a month, and it's I can only keep it on for half the month. Yeah, no, it goes quick. Oh yeah, like every time I go in there, Kevin, the waiter who's there every Saturday, I don't like I don't need to give him a plug, but that's just his name. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> here you are, Kevin. Kevin, uh, Kevin I've known Kevin for like. Six I know. Well, no. Every, every time I go, he's like, "Where's Miles? Where's Miles?" And I'm like, "He's not with us this week." I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the second question? The usual. The yeah, no, the usual. <laughs> but I'm like, "All right, do you, do you have any of the Pitchfork Patty Ryan special?" And he's like, "Oh no, we're out again." And I'm like, "Darn it!" <laughs> yeah, they. So, I think they went came and got the last two and a half gallons I had in a small keg yesterday. So it'll probably be. I mean, I, I know we don't have that in front of us now, but what? Like, can you just tell us a little bit about that beer? Because I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, uh, I've, uh, I, um, as far as the way I brew, I try to source as much to the proper country of origin that I can. And so I've, I found Irish stout malt um, as the base. So that it's kind of like an Irish based uh, pale ale, essentially. And then the uh, he, he gives me a uh, single malt uh, Irish whiskey. And okay. I um, soak it in wood chips. And then I infuse the whiskey at the very end. What what kind? Of, like, are you using oak chips or? Yep. Okay. Yep. Red oak. Are, chips. are, are they charred at all? Or nope. They're nope. just uh, straight straight red oak chips that you put in there. It gives it it gives it a little dry characteristic that kind of goes along. Some with of it. those tannins. Yeah, or? and the uh, you know, and and we picked out the whiskey um, to have a spicy characteristic, and then I use an East Kent Golding hop uh, throughout Ooh, the whole thing okay. that kind of lends that spicy notes too. So it's. Um, Do you know what kind of whiskey you're you're using? Uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. Starts. I, I, I'll never. That's yeah, fine. It. Just an yeah. Irish whiskey that's spicy. Yeah, it's, it's a single malt, single malt Irish whiskey. He's. Uh, it's got a long name that starts with a T. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I can tell you. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I, I'm going to say this now because I know it's not even the beer we've or the one we haven't tried yet. But um, I mean. As far as a lot of recipe goes, I'm a huge, huge fan of um, regionally traditional recipes, uh-huh. uh, especially for pale ales. And you brought one today, right? Yep. It's- yeah. So I'm I'm excited to try that. And I, I think right now my favorite is Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada is a great pale ale. Yeah. Oh, it's a classic yeah. style. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I like it the best because it happens to just be like the most traditional, the most stylistic and solid um, one I've had is uh, I had it years and years ago, and then I had it uh, I think earlier this year, and I've been hunting for, in my you know in my opinion, a pale ale that that matches it, and I yeah. haven't found one. Well, before we get to that, why don't you tell us a little bit about the beer, but that's before us, before Carlos starts giving us his opinion. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it, the the Dunkel is a um, it's got some Pilsner malt, some Vienna malt, but a heavy amount of Munich malt, and it's a darker Munich malt. Okay. Um, a and a tiny bit of roasted malt in there okay. to uh, to get the you know to get the color yeah to get the color through there and then um, a fair amount of a darker German crystal also okay that's what all right 
Yeah, Bohemian Lager yeast again. Okay. Um, but yeah. Carlos, what do you think? I like it. I really wish... I really do need to work on my palate so I can actually... Uh, well, that's, that's why we started the show, so you can work on your palate. <laughs> oh, that was the reason. That's the only Carlos, reason. Carlos, Blinding Studios is just for you. And oh, and that wow. was over a year ago. <laughs> that was over a year ago. See how far he hasn't come? I know. <laughs> uh, but it is really a, a great beer. No, I, I love it. It has this... Hang on. <laughs> As he takes it, I'm getting like a, a caramely, like chocolatey flavor yeah, that I, I, I absolutely love. It's clean. It makes me want to just keep drinking more and more and more. Oh, yeah, um, I I love the color. It's I mean it's it's perfect for the style. I love it. I don't think I could say a bad thing about this <laughs> beer. I really don't think I can. Yeah, we've been selling that like crazy. You know, I so believe it. It's it's better than water. Why would you drink water when you can drink this? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Rick, um, yeah, no, I was I was going to say when I smelled it, I smelled kind of a a caramely type of flavor, which really intrigued me. And I took a drink, and it's, it's got a great caramel flavor. It's it's just like subtle, um, but it's it's just it's a good beer. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a got great. a clean malt characteristic. Yeah, too, yeah, it's, it's really, really clean. Speaking of which, um, is there any left? I want, I want yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> we so. we still have another one to drink after this, and then we need to go to Patty's. I don't have to <laughs> drive though. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not driving. <laughs> we'll figure out somebody to drive. Look, well, it's probably you, Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> no, this does have a very very clean malt taste. I I love it. I'm a big fan of Munich. I haven't had. Many commercial examples of uh, darker Munich malts. It, it, it comes forward very clean. It's almost like a light, uh, you know, obviously don't take this the wrong way, like a light wheat porter. Does that make sense? Mm. I, I guess on, on some level there's... I mean, a, it, I'm not it, picking up the wheat. Well, no, it, it's just got a, a soft, soft on the oh, palate. the soft, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's very, it's very inviting. I, yeah, no, it's, I mean, if somebody's like, I don't like dark beers... And then you set this before them, and you're like, just just try it. Yeah. They're instantly yeah. in love. Yeah. I mean, there there are several beers, and, and mostly black ales predominantly, to say that it's like, if you want to start getting into to dark beers, this is the way to do it, because they're uh, light in body like a light beer, but they have some of those darker flavors that you get in the dark beers. Mm-hmm. And it's just this wonderful cross, and it's very, very approachable. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it's been one of my favorite styles. I mean, it was a uh, Hockershire Munich Alt Dark was the oh yeah the inspiration for you know for me producing this beer. It's, um, yeah. I wonder what uh, their Oktoberfest is going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to uh, I to just to get some of the stuff about the brewery out there too. The uh, we. As far as the environmentally friendliness, I don't know if I went into this, but we, for the plate chillers and stuff like that, we roll out, uh, we have refrigerated uh, 55-gallon barrels that we pull out and we freeze ice and uh, we drop drop ice in the barrels. So there's a pump in a barrel for each chiller, for each oh, plate cool. chiller. And then, so we pull it out and, uh, and then we reuse the water from the ice. So yeah, okay. we got a, a freezer that we, you know keep everything in and put it you know so it's about 100 gallons of ice that we use that so oh, the wow. water doesn't you know water never goes on and nothing runs down the yep. drain 
Is uh, is that for every brew then that you're mm-hmm. able to do that? Yeah. Wow. So we we uh, it takes uh, a day and a half for it to freeze. So we, you know, we're kind of on a brew schedule of Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. Uh, Fridays a lot of times is uh, I'll do a small batch. On that are are you able to keep up with that? Like, um, mm. I mean, beer wise, or do you need to increase it a little? It bit It depends more? what you mean by keep up. Well, uh, well, with demand. Yeah. I guess. The, no, not with demand. We've. Uh, We've had that problem from day one. We've had a lot of people that came in to check us out and really want the beer. Um, quite a few places, and we just haven't we haven't been able to produce enough beer yet. To, are, are are you at any other accounts other uh, than just the, the we try to tap? do the Nova and Barkers? Okay, um, so we try to keep something on. Yes, question. No, I, I work at Divine Liquors in oh, town yeah. here. Right. Well, you, you guys aren't bottling <laughs> yeah. it all yet, right? No, it's uh, it's all growlers. Um, <laughs> okay, you know, so we don't. Yeah, we. Don't, what about uh, like Stone Tap downtown or? Yeah, they they their bar manager is a big fan of ours and comes up uh, regularly and says like, you know, how long till we can have the beer? You yeah. know, so we're and and the nice thing about both those accounts is that they'll take whatever we can, you know, when you can get yeah, it when, and you're not yeah. going to lose the account. Right. And it's, you know, they'll, they'll take it whenever we can get it. And then they'll also take whatever we have, you know, that we can, you know, get out the door. So it, it's, it, nice yeah. I mean, and, and the, I mean, let's be honest, that's a terrible problem to have not right. being able to brew enough beer. I mean, gosh, <laughs> yeah, darn exactly. it. <laughs> no, I, if I may toss it out there, I, I personally like to see a, um, a brewery just, try to keep up as opposed to sacrificing quality to actually keep up. Right. I, I, I would much rather have to wait for a good beer than always have uh, access to a, a semi A mediocre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I'll very quickly overlook it every time for something else. That's uh, That's been our philosophy pretty much. For I, I, I'm glad to hear that I really we, am. We, uh, you know, that's... They they keep talking about uh, keep talking about you know people come in and say okay when are you going to take the next you know next step the next leap you know what what is the next step uh, the next step for us is we still have room for additional fermenters okay um, so 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 you're looking packs. at like keeping your five barrel system and going to additional yeah fermenters? I don't think I want to go any larger not not than, like seven or no, ten or anything I, I don't see any reason for it you know the for. For what we're doing, it stimulates me because it's small batch. It's like home brewing, but I'm doing it on a commercial, you know, on a commercial level, and uh, and it's got to be fun for me. So I want to brew different stuff all the time. If I, yeah. you know, if I jump up to a large system with larger, you know, then I'm going to be more railroaded into doing the same beers, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And 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 the customers, uh, the customers, a lot of them really like the changing styles all the time. So we pretty much have something that comes on and off every week. Yeah, okay. no, that, that's the right way to do it because we craft beer drinkers. We always want to try something new. Oh, right. and if it comes from a, a place that we know to be a reliably good place, we'll have it every single time. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. there there are some places or there are some breweries like uh, Bells and Founders, for example, I'll tell my customers, if they make it, I will drink it. Oh, definitely. Right. You know, end of story. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I feel like I need to throw this random tidbit out there. They f- Founders finally got a canning line. And they made my day yesterday. <laughs> I just need to throw that out there. Because they have all-day IPA in cans. If you're friends with Casey on Facebook, you saw that. <laughs> you saw it. I couldn't say enough. I, all right. And then Bells is coming out with two hearted in cans. Oh, wow. I I just don't even know what to do with this information. <laughs> all right. So we, we have the pale ale going around. This one's more hoppy. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> it should be. So, that. like, is, is this an American pale ale? Yeah, it's okay. an American pale ale. Uh, Warrior Hops in the... Um, Warrior Hops in the 60, 60 and 20 edition, and then also Cascades from there out, okay. and Dry Hopped with uh, All Whole Leaf, or are we looking uh, at Pellet they, here? Yeah, no, All Whole Leaf, uh, except for the Dry Hop. Okay, so All Whole Leaf, except for the Dry Hop. Yep. Very cool. Um, and I guess this is the first like ale that we've tried from you. Um, what kind of temperatures are you fermenting at? Still the same fifty. Those are we have an insulated closet that we that runs between sixty five and sixty eight degrees. Um, it's okay, backed so up I, against a backed up against a cooler and insulated. So we roll them in there for the primary, um, and then generally they come out and then crash cool and and I uh, I am as far as clarity goes, murky looking beers drive me crazy. And so I don't even use the bottom spigot or the bottom two spigots to keg out of. I uh, they siphon off the top of the fermenter, which turns what should be in about a forty-five minute process into about four hours. Do you yeah. use any fining agents, if I may ask? Mm-mm. Okay. No, no, no gelatin or anything. No, nothing like that. Uh, it's all just temperature. Why? Why not? Just out right. of curiosity. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, it's just uh, because gelatin or? is. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, they're. Yeah, I, I you want to say vegan friendly? Well, you gotta, you you gotta know, buy it. Yeah, as, aside from that, I mean, I've just never, I've always been a bigger fan of just cold conditioning it, and yeah. it is what it is. You cold know, crashing, yeah. Yeah, that's so. I tried to leave them in the cooler for two to three weeks okay. before we. So a little bit of cold haze is nothing to worry about. Yeah, it's 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 not. It's no. just not. I think most craft brewers are used to a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, haze in the beers. You know, generally, especially okay. if they're not. And I've I've. You know, I when I go into a place and I have a filtered beer, I find that I think they're over filtered a lot of times, where it strips a where, lot. Of where it the strips character. a lot of that yeah, alpha acids and it. stuff it, out of it. The, the, you lose some body in the beer. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's and, well, well, you can if you're fil- I mean, depending well, on the the small like the filter that you're using, like you just can't not lose something. Right. Not just yeah. that, but um, it seems like as far as my reading is done, the the worst that haze will do is shorten the shelf life of the beer, which does not seem to be a problem for what you guys have. No, no. Yeah, so there's no problem inherently with, with that idea. Yeah, there's. Uh, I think uh, I think the longest a beer has stayed around, uh, a batch of beer has been about three weeks now. Oh, really? Oh, that's not yeah. bad. That's, that's not bad at, not all. Bad at right. all. Like, if, if you can get rid of a complete batch of beer, like, you know... Five barrels in three weeks. That's pretty. Good. I, I, I was expecting say like two months. No, right? there's a, like our uh, our maple lager was the fastest one that went on and off, um, and it was uh, under two weeks. Oh wow! So seven wow. kegs just so on, right. Yeah, it's just out of the tap. How, how often are you brewing this beer? Because this is one of your staples. Yeah, right? that's gonna be that'll be one of the ones that goes into the five barrel. Um, because I have to have that one already brewed before I'm kegging it. Um, just because it's, I, I need it already by yeah. that time. So. Well, it, it's it's an American pale ale, and that seems to be like the American brewer's standard is the yeah. American pale ale. Yeah, I mean, everybody used to produce, I mean, they still kind of do, you know, and I, that was yeah. a lot of how I Now in America, it's care. mostly the IPA. Right. You can't be a brewery well, without one. Right. Yeah, but if you walk into a, into a new brewery, what's the first thing that you order? The pale ale. Like, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's a good way to get a judge of... 
yeah, the where they're at. Doing things. That's what but I then again, like like I said, in my own mind, I have a very skewed view of what a pale ale That's you're really, broken. really should be. <laughs> <laughs> I I admit that it's a that it's it's flawed. I admit that. I know this about it's, myself. There's a there's a, it's. In the United States, it seems like a lot of uh, breweries have tried to take your pale ale and turn it into an IPA. In well, put words, too much slowly, citrus in it. Well, slowly, the the, the that's line that's... between American pale ale and IPA is so blurred right now. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. a pale ale is between, like, 5 and 7%, and an IPA is between 6 and 9%. Like, yeah. Yeah, and the, you know, and the IBUs, the IBUs on this are, like, 50, approximately 52 you know, which is on the low end, you know, of what oh, an wow. IPA can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's uh, it's it it is uh, you know, it's kind of close. That's the hoppiest beer right now. That well, I should say we have an American Brown that's got a really high IBUs, but there's also a lot of sweetness with that one. Yeah. Okay. That balances it. Yeah. So. No, in, in my opinion, a lot of American breweries they they try to go way too citrusy with the pale ale and i just don't think it quite goes together as well well i I feel like they're all trying to replicate like russian rivers pliny yeah you know which is something you can't do it (laughs) no you can't Vinny is his own you know not without charging just bucket loads and calling it something other than a pale ale (laughs) right yeah Yeah, um so carlos so (laughs) carlos yes carlos Apparently, all this beer is affecting me in some way or other. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Carlos. You're asking me about the beer, right? Yes. I'm assuming you're just... No, no, Carlos. You're not Carlos, just saying my name. Tell me more about the PS4. <laughs> Does it go Carlos. well with this pale ale? We'd like to point out that you're here. <laughs> uh, but yes, this uh, pale ale, to be more specific, yes, it's it's good. I do enjoy this pale ale. I like the, the smell of it's very good, too. Uh yeah, I'm afraid I don't have a uh, the words to describe. You you know, you, you can't just pick out a smell. No, is it, is it citrusy, Carlos? Would you say that it's citrusy? I guess yes. I would say <laughs> since it actually is just citrusy. because you can. Yeah. All right. You know, I I love it. It's it's great. Um, it's more like it it's fairly balanced i mean oh, for a pale ale like i i like it. it has the sweetness to balance out that bitterness which i love and i i think i i really see especially uh with the pale ale what you're saying with the whole hops where it gives it that rounded hop flavor instead of just the sharp in your face hop note yeah absolutely yeah i i uh that's what i was thinking of um i'm not i'm not big on Ales with like, well, just ales in general tend to have more hops, but just big hop flavor, like the really sharp hop flavor. I'm not big on that, but this is, I think that's probably the whole leaf hop thing. It's, I like it, even though I'm not a big hops person, but it's, uh, it's, it's got a big hop flavor, but not the sharpness of of the, I mean, I guess pelleted hops or whatever. I, I would be really interested to see this, uh, like, this whole leaf version paired next to a completely pellet version. Yeah. yeah. Just so I could compare and contrast directly. Yeah, I, I think this one would be a lot more rounded, and it, it's, I like that a lot. I, I like, uh, I've never experienced drinking a beer where I like the hops, the so hops forward flavor on it. Okay. As this one, and this one's really... I like the hop flavor in it rather than wishing it was more back. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, you know that, and that would be a great experiment. I should do that. Just it, no, it'd be great to customer see customer base. Yeah, at some yeah, point, yeah. you know, You're like, it's, try this one and then try this one. Let me know. We have <laughs> yeah. a lot of we have a lot of people who come in and uh, and steer away from the IPAs, and I try to tell them, you know, that or the hoppier beers just for that, you know, for that sole reason. And I give them one of our beers, and I, I intentionally try to balance them as much as I can. Yeah, you that's, know, but uh, and they tend to like them. That's you know? absolutely what I would yeah. do if if well, I if I came in and saw this, I'd probably order something else. But but trying it, it's 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 got a hop flavor, but it's not the hop flavor I would expect. Yeah. It's it's not that sharp bitterness yeah. that just slaps you and yeah. then slaps you again. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> this is this is like you said, really rounded and and well flavored. I like it a lot. All right, Miles. We know that. Nothing compares it's to not Sierra Nevada. 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 <laughs> the smile he's nothing, wearing. But, nothing right. I've had so far. Uh, may, may I be critical? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, uh, first off, I do like this. So don't think anything I say is, is to the contrary. Um, I am not used to whole leaf hop beers because very few people actually do them. And so in my own mind, I've come accustomed to this nice, sharp, crisp bitterness, which I have uh, decided is part of a pale ale. Um, This is about as bitter as I would expect a pale ale to be, but it's not sharp. It just kind of like eases you into it. And um, it's kind of like a really, really good, it's going to sound weird, but like a, a, a red wine. Uh, a cheap one has a really sharp dryness to them, mm-hmm. and a you know a, a higher quality one just kind of eases you into it and makes it a much more uh, palatable experience. He waxes so eloquent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's good. It's a lot uh, maltier than I thought it would be. Yep. which is quite pleasant. Um, as far like if I was if I was personally going to rate this out of five, I'd probably give it like yeah. Uh, Four point three, four point four. Very, I, I am impressed. This is a kind of a new take, you know, for me and and my preferences and what I've built up in my own head, which which I've tried to admit is very grandiose. Sure. Um, I, I am impressed. This is good. I like this. Well, yeah, thank you. I, it, it's easily something I would go for more and more of. For for people who come in, you know, I I well, I, I appreciate the criticism. You know, if yeah. there's if there's something you don't, you know, and it, and if it's if it's just if it's criticism that I can work off of, you know, and try to make the beer better in some way, shape, or form, I'm I'm all about it. Sure, you know. Sure. Yeah, and okay. and I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that the criticism I have to offer would only be tailoring it to my preferences, sure. and that um, there doesn't seem to be anything inherently wrong with it, especially with the the ideals you tell us you've been uh, going into it with. Yeah. That this really does kind of epitomize uh, your brewing and your brewing style. Yeah, and I really I try to uh, I work the tap room on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, and. Uh, you know, I try to do as much educating to, you know, people who come in to try to beer, try the beers to know what they're tasting and what yeah. to expect, you know, so. Okay. And I guess on, on that, um, what kind of education do you do for your taproom employees? Like, um, you know, we, my wife uh, does a great job of, I give her beer descriptions and so she puts them, you know, she puts them on a little table tent so everybody can read about the okay. beer. And then we've got stuff up on there. I, uh. You know, my my partners, one of us owners are generally working 
all the time. And so we have a pretty good base knowledge of the beers. We try to, um, you know, we, we try to, we have a lot of volunteers. We try to, you know, get them, um, kind of up to speed with the beer. Uh, sometimes they're not always up to speed, but, uh, you know, we try, I mean, and it's difficult, it's difficult for everybody really except me because, these are all my recipes and it's you, you know exactly yeah, what's going on, you know? And, and so that's, and I think it's a very important thing. That's why I try to work the tap room, yeah. you know, when I can. And I'm, I'm up there a lot. So I, try I, to, I don't think I've ever been up there without you there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I can attest to you being up there a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I work a lot, but I, you know, the thing is, is, uh, you know, but as long I, as you love it, I love the work. I really do. I love every part Actually, of it. Actually, I think the only thing wrong with this uh, pale ale is I don't have any more. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, you want to find it's, some more for me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. And uh, and for me, speaking to the the having the description on the table, when I when I went there and I read that, I was I was really excited to see like a full description of each beer that you had that day was on the table for us to read. And I that's I mean that was just. I, I like that's huge. That, that was yeah. a good yeah. thing. I, you know, and I, when I worked at Northern Brewer, you know, the description part of it was always huge, you know, to tell people what they're getting and what they should expect. And then, you know, I became a beer judge, you know, also when I was there. So it was, um, it just works out really well to have those descriptions, you know, so you can speak to every level, you know, from beer, beer nerd down to apprentice, you know. Yep. It's uh, it's down to the guy who's like, I just like Bud Light, right? What would I like here? <laughs> yep, and that's you know, and we generally I try to have something you know. Right now it's the German Pilsner that I kind of. We also have like a fall session ale, which is sort of a. It would be kind of a British bitter, but I pitched a. I screwed up and I pitched a. Uh, uh, I had that last time, and I thought it was amazing. That was yeah, the case he had. And yeah, I tried it that turned before. out. It turned out pretty good, you know. So I we we just rolled with it. Well, and you know, I mean that, that's I mean that's what a homebrew would do. Oh, right. I screwed up. Wait a second. This is still delicious. What can we call it? Right. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, had the, the first the first day that I had it out there. It was like British bitter. And I'm like, no, this isn't a British bitter though, you know. And so we we just renamed it as you know fall session ale and yeah, you know. Oh and, it, yeah, no, it was delightful. Yeah, it was, it was I loved beer. it. It was fantastic. Yeah, we still have a little bit of that left. So yeah. I guess that that kind of brings us in. Uh, we haven't had like. The same style for me at all. What 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 styles do you like to brew? Oh, I I do like to do the lagers just because I don't. I think they're underappreciated in the craft brew market. <laughs> they are. Um, yeah. Well, and, the ales are easier to do. I mean, well, like yeah, for, fermentation faster, wise, you know. they're faster. They can they have a good turnaround time. Yeah. My That's my personal opinion is that uh, lagers are harder to do. They're more time consuming, and any mistake you make is more magnified because well, yeah. lagers are always it. cleaner and yeah. and therefore if someone can make a good lager then that's just that many more points towards yes. what i think their abilities are so a good lager is impressive always yeah i i agree i mean that's you know if, if you can if you can put out a good lager you know they, they can get into different stuff too i mean i could almost say the same thing about a good belgian you know that's done done properly too you know so but uh i 
you know, at some point right now, our beers are more of, you know, sessionable, alcohol tolerant and stuff like that. And I, I like that, but we will be doing some higher gravity beers. I got a, I got a 53 gallon bourbon barrel. Okay. So I'm going to put something big in that. I, yeah, Barley I, wine. I, I, I love <laughs> your sessionability. Like that's the first, like I look at the tap and I look at the tap list and I see the sessionability and I'm on board yeah. because my favorite beers are those like four and a half percenters where you can just drink them all day and you don't feel like you've just been annihilated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah I, there, there is something to be said uh, just for being able to sit there and drink a beer and then, you know, keep drinking without being a town drunk at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can have a beer with your dinner and then, and, and then, then have another, somewhere. and then another, <laughs> and, or or then, yeah. <laughs> if you don't go somewhere. I was actually so, yeah. talking about that with the Bell's Double Cream Stout the other day. Yeah, six uh, six point one percent for a, for a stout. That's. That's actually pretty sessionable. <laughs> That's not sessionable. For, no, stout, if if it's saying. above five, not sessionable. For a stout, he's stuck. But Guinness is only four. Yeah, nice. Guinness is Guinness is Guinness is low. They kind of set the bar for that, though. I mean, yeah, the well, sessionability. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell a lot of people it's like there are stouts and then there are Guinness that sits next to stouts. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. a, a category of its own. It really is. Well, it, it's probably one of the more Guinness uh, is a gateway beer. Well, I, it it's one of the more difficult things I, I have to deal with because I'll have someone comes in and it's like, I want to try some more craft beer. I'm getting into this craft beer thing. It's like, well, what have you had that you know you like? Well, I've had Guinness. Fuck, that doesn't help me. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else that's like yeah. Guinness. Yeah. It's all in a league of its own. Yeah, no, I mean, it re- there's nothing that really even kind of sits next to it because it's it's a. I, I like Boddington's Boddington's Pub Ale. No, no, that that's true, but that's I mean, and that, that's that's one beer. Well, but it's kind of in the same league. No, no, my point is, is yes, like that and Murphy's Stout. If you've ever had, yep, that. yeah, Murphy's, you is know, good. it's like. I could tell that to people, but as soon as they try those and either like or don't like them, that still doesn't get me any further. Well, you know if they like nitrogen beers or not. Yeah, exactly. And how many of those are out there? Those three. <laughs> we just talked about them. And Milk Stout Nitro. That's yep. about it. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess my, my other question is, so you, you brew all these different kinds of beers. What are your staples? And then do you continue, like, are you looking at just brewing all these one-offs with some of your staples? Or are you trying to find more staples? Um, you know, the staples, originally when we started, uh, the Outwitted was going to be a staple. Uh, the Paleo was going to be a staple. Um, the German Pilsner uh, was going to be a staple. And then some form of IPA. And I've pretty much destroyed all that. Um, I we've uh, you know the the outwitted. I've kind of I was brewing some lighter beers, so I kind of took that one off uh, for a bit. We'll probably go back to it again. Okay, but I look at it as kind of a it's. It it's looks like a seasonal. summer seasonal. Yeah, you know, and so you know I. I kind of, once something goes away for a little bit, I see what the backlash is. And then, you know, generally I get pressured into brewing it again, but at least I can throw on a couple different things in between to get some feedback on it. Yeah. You know, like the Dunkel has been going over really well. Everybody really likes the Pilsner, you know, and so those kinds of things, I know that I should brew those again. I've got an English brown ale. Um, that people are, you know, that as soon as I took that off and said, I'm probably not going to rotate that on for a while. Like, no. Yeah, there was an uproar. And so, 
you know, the, that's where that's where all the other owners sit me down and say, okay, we have to brew this again. You know? and I'm like, okay, you know, so um, so yeah, it's I'm still kind of feeling it out. You know, um, I know that the pale ale. This is, you know, I like this pale ale. It's it's been one of my favorite. I've been making it for eighteen. So, so years, the pitchfork you know? pale is one of them yeah. That's, that's I would say that that's probably the would be the staple. The staple. Yeah, okay. and the rest of them are going to be. Um, the rest of them will. We'll have some of them that we keep on a lot, but they'll drop off too. Okay. So, I, I'm personally kind of a fan of um, the, the the breweries that don't make beers for the consumers. They make beer for themselves and right. then also sell it to the consumers. Uh, it, it's just kind of a neat mentality for myself um, because it's like, you know, they're not doing it for me. They're just inviting me on their own bandwagon. Sure. And and it's really cool. And you know, and obviously as a on the business side you can't always just do that. Right. Uh, you know, I we kinda do though. I mean it's um you know, the the thing about it is with our consumers, I'm hoping that they get enough faith in our product at some point to uh, allow me to, you know, do different things and come in and try it and enjoy it. You know, that's kind of like, yeah, uh, you, like you this, might need a bit of a reputation first. Right. You know, on, on some level, but they're, you know, they, they come in, they, they say, Oh, I really like this. When's this coming back? When's this coming back? Well, you really like this too, you know? And if I don't put it out in front of you, I'm never going to know, you know? Well that, yeah, exactly. And it's also kind of the, the thing is like, you, you, it's like, if something is, 100% available it becomes less wanted right you know as opposed to like a seasonal because for example even just totally naked from New Glarus which if you ask me isn't that much of a beer but it is tasty if they made that available all year round we would not sell it it would not have nearly the publicity it does simply yep. for the fact that it comes and then it goes away for a while too yeah and you know and part of this for you know what it's fun for me it's fun for me to do different things you know and i don't necessarily want to produce the same beers all the time so you know that's always going to weigh into the equation so yeah i, I can imagine my buddy and i uh, we've done or we've been brewing for about 5 6 years now and we have the ideals of being able to open up a brewery somewhere in, of some shape or form and the the biggest criticism we have is that we don't rebrew almost ever. Right. Almost every What single... home brewer does though. Well yeah. no, exactly. You know, and that's kinda like uh I mean that's kind of the point, both the good and the bad, is that we brew something new frickin' every single time, but at the same time we never know if we can reproduce the same yeah. product over and over and over again. But so. really in today's you know, craft beer world, I don't think you need to. No, that you know, that's true. The, it's like I, I mean, look at just the uh, the year, yearly releases. Like Darkness is different every year. Dark Lord is different every year. Uh, anything that well, comes it's, out with it's the like vintage, wine. yeah. Every it, it, and anything that has a date on it is like wine. Where like even in beer, the grain yield is going to be different. Like yeah, everything every year is going to be year. different. Yep. Yeah, it's like you grains. know, and and so you get this. Um, the separation between those who specifically try and make the same beer every year, the same every year, every year, and then all you have to do is slap a date on it, and people are looking forward to seeing how it changes from year to year to year to year. And that's when you get people who are like, well, let me save this one, and then next year's, and the next year's, and the next year's, and then try them 
all next to each other in five, six, seven, ten years or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. It's so much fun. For me, the hop availability is something that, you know, doesn't allow me necessarily to do the same thing all the time. No, know? that's true, too. But, I mean, at the same time, your business model, if there's another hop crisis like there was in the early 2000s, Oh, I remember having stone right. bitter chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh yeah, and I'm I'm so looking forward to being able to get our hops, you know, locally, know that I'm know that they're there, know that they're coming and you know And as a consumer I'm excited to try all that. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm excited to be able to be like, All right, so I remember how it tastes this year, but this next year I wonder like local yeah. Hops, yeah. yeah. Are are you like looking at bottling at all in the future? Um, like even you know, on a limited our, release? We or? have a lot of space limitations and the thing about it is that there again we can hardly keep up with the tap room and putting the stuff out there. Bottling would be, you know, way down on the list. Um the and right now I've got a couple of liquor stores that have been really wanting to carry our growlers, you know, just mm-hmm. as is too. So I mean there's there's still the market for what we do and if we you know if we ever had if we ever had enough beer sitting around to bottle i think i'd go with a mobile bottler okay have them come out and do it and then you know still is is there something like that in the twin cities area okay yeah Yeah, there's probably a bunch of them too yeah they and they come out they guarantee all the sanitation and they hook up and they you know come out in a big truck and get it all done in a day and then you've got bottled beer yeah bottling on the road yeah it's Very actually, cool. it's, it's actually a pretty it. ingenious idea. Yeah, so we we'd never get it in our facility right now. Yeah. Even the smallest bottling line, we would. Okay. There's no way. Uh, yeah. Would the same go for canning then? Yeah, it would be. You know. Okay. Yeah. I guess the question is, would you rather do bottling or canning? Um, you know, I guess it's 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 to me it's the it, same. Yeah, I mean it's not completely. I mean, in, all right. Yeah, I you know I the can. Um, I like the, you know, I, I like the cans. I like the concept of it being, you know, no light struck, you know. Well, and the of versatility thing. of the can, because they can go places bottles can't. Right, right. And then just storability, chillability. I I don't know. Breakage. I mean, I mean yeah, a, a, exactly. a lot of people hate cans. I'm like, but why? Right. No, I, I a lot of it, in my opinion, comes from the preconception of, like, uh, the Miller Coors and Bud Light drinkers, you know, who drink from the can and and decide they can taste it. I got into an argument with somebody at uh, American Sky, actually, about cans versus bottles. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, cans are better. No, (laughs) bottles are better. No, and I talked to someone or a couple of customers of mine about it at length, saying that um, most of it's probably just in your head and... Uh, the other reason might be it's like if you're literally just drinking it out of the can or the bottle, the can will have more surface area, which yeah. allows for more, you know, atmospheric conversation than does a bottle. And so the the flavors of each beer are probably the same, but it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a can made of metal or a glass made of glass. Yeah. Um, and that if you really, really wanted to test it, you know, grab a Bud Light from a bottle, a Bud Light from a can pour them each in a glass and then have them side by side. I feel like you need to take a Bud Light from a bottle, a Bud Light from a can, stick them in the fridge for two months. And then dump them down the drain and buy a 12-pack of all-day IPA. (laughs) Well, yes, but no, I mean, the the idea is there. I think it's mostly in the head. Well, my my thing came from, well, 
when I want to go tubing down the river, I'm going to grab this six pack of cans yeah. versus like I can't bring bottles so. because you're allowed to. Exactly. <laughs> the only- when was the last time you went tubing? Right. Really. Uh, a year ago. In your face. <laughs> the, only, the only like validity that I see versus the bottle versus a can, you know, the delivery system of it and the aromatics, you know, really. Yeah, is yeah. You have more room for, you know, the aromatics to slosh around in a can. If you're drinking it straight out of a can, you know, it's the same thing with like switching glassware. You know? Yeah. No, it, it it's true. I, I've and decided it's mostly mostly a placebo effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and as yeah, you can see at Blinder Studio, so glassware is totally our top priority. We have <laughs> regular pint glasses, Guinness glasses, and a no nick glasses. <laughs> so yeah, the imperial pint glass. Yes, I'm. I'm going to mention. Uh, we have we have chat active. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Are there any questions from the chat? No, there's no questions. But we have Brandon in the chat. Brandon, he doesn't Kelly. count. Hello, Brandon. <laughs> well, he 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 said one thing that <laughs> I want to mention, um, and he said uh, he said a good lager is one that goes in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, what what are your future plans for Pitchfork? Like, where do you envision this going? Um, we have a three year lease, and at that point, we'll probably decide if we want to try to take the, you know, take the unit next to us and knock on the wall and do that kind of thing. Um, you know, that's, and that would just be if we kind of outgrow our space. But um, we've all kind of agreed. We don't want to uh, get to the point of where we lose any quality control. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not interested in being giant mass producers. Um, I don't think we're ever planning on going to Minnesota. Um, Good for you. We, <laughs> we just, you my know, ducks. there's. We have enough. Uh, <laughs> we have ducks. enough local people who want the beer, and you know that's going to be yeah. our, you know, our main priority, and. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Quality if, over quantity, basically. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. You know, and, well, and uh, that's the way to do it. Yeah. It is. I, I'm looking forward to the day when beer becomes a local thing again. Well, they're it's getting it. there. Yeah. No, it is. Really it quick. really is. But, like, I mean, even more so than it is now. I want to see, like, Miller Coors and Nimbev take the back seat. And I guess, well, the the thing is, like, you and me, we're we're the minority, I know we we, are. we really are because I will drink a local brewery until the cows come home mm-hmm. before drinking something like mass produced unless yeah. it's Russian River. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but then it, I just it, don't have a choice. It's true, but um, the only areas that Miller Coors and Imbev have seen growth is in their pseudo craft beers that they've been like making, like Blue Moon, and, uh, yeah. Blue Moon, Shock like Top, and and all of those shitty shitty beverages. Shock, wait, oh yeah, I guess Shock <laughs> yeah. Top is them too. Yeah, no, it is. Um, um, I was thinking otherwise. All the big names, Miller, uh, Miller Light, Coors Light, Bud Light, McGolden Light, all of those have seen nothing but um, drops yeah. in like the last five years. And, and granted, like 96% versus the 5% that is all of craft brewing uh, really doesn't relate to much. But the fact that it's been consistently dropping and they've been trying to mimic craft brewing says something. Well, I, I feel like it's the same thing that's happened in food. Uh, recently, we've gone to, we want locally grown, like we want locally sourced food. And I feel like we're finally getting there with our beer. 
Yeah. So yep. if you go out to a restaurant and you can get all right locally grown, like your locally sourced food, like a locally sourced sandwich, and you can have a locally sourced pint with that, how great is that? No, it, yeah. it really truly is amazing, and uh, prohibition is the thing that born a lot of these macro brewed beers that we don't like. Darn teetotalers. But, um, you know, the history of beer or, you know, fermented malt beverages dates back millennia. Yeah. And is more or less about as ingrained in human culture as far as we know about human history, period. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in the long run, the craft brewery will win out. Yes. Just because that's what we want. It's always what we've wanted. Just a lot of people have been misled over the last, you know... However many. Well, when it's the only, only beer you can get, like, yeah, I'll take it. You know, and and give it time, give it time. So you guys just had your first event, I guess, right? Yeah. How, how did that go? It was crazy. There was, <laughs> crazy uh, good or crazy oh, bad? <laughs> cra- crazy good. Weather weather sucked, uh, and we were outside, and we had, you know, um, we had a band, a thrift store, Sonata. They're great. They're playing at Lift Bridge tonight for their Commander release deal. Okay. Um, and they uh, so they came and played. We uh, pre-sold mugs as kind of an idea of trying to figure out how many people were actually going to show up to this deal. Sure. And uh, we sold about 125 pre-sold, and we ordered. So we ordered 220 mugs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Figure and and about uh, double. Yeah, and there was about 300 and oh wow, 320, 30 people that that is amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I had the perhaps you know, to you, <laughs> had the beer meister outside, and I literally opened up the tap for the maple lager and was just literally moving glass from glass to yeah, glass, glass to glass, to glass. glass. I was like, this rate, I can figure out how quickly I can drain a 16 gallon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Let me guess. It wasn't more than a couple hours. <laughs> no, no. We ended up going through, um, we ended up just outside, ended up going through two kegs of the maple and two kegs of the pumpkin. You know, so we had locally produced syrup. You yep. know, we called it that a harvest is festival. Not bad at all. Yeah, no. Well, it was, you guys didn't run out of beer at all. Or? No, we had the. I had brewed up to it. You know, so okay. we had we had the tap room full. I mean, um, so the tap room was. We had all the beers in the tap room. I had a uh, dark cherry stout and a firkin, an IPA and a firkin um, out there, and then an IPA on tap. Also, and that was what was outside, and then inside we had our full line of beers. Awesome! And so it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was crazy. Are, are you looking at doing more events like this in the yeah, future? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, we you know we put on first uh, first annual. I mean, I do a pumpkin beer every year. Yeah. So I grow the pumpkins. You know, go through the painstaking process, cook the pumpkins, chunk the pumpkins. You know, and. and uh, and the uh, the guy who produced the syrup for us has already got more syrup set aside, you know, and he's like, and I'll be making more next year. I want to see, you know, if you, anytime you want to brew with it, you know, he just, he brings Go it Go for in. it. Yeah, we give yeah. him a couple of growlers in exchange and, you know, and it's great and he loves it, you know. So. Perfect. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, well, so are, are you going to do like a spring event or are you just going to do yeah, the Yeah, I think, event? you know, we got the... The spring event, we'll probably do something in the spring, um, and then there's going to be, you know, um, St. Patrick's Day. So, oh, 
Which I'll be is, there. Yeah, which is, <laughs> I'm going. Which is crazy at Patty Ryan, so we'll probably brew some yeah. Irish beers to go along with that. And, you know, I'd like to see Mike, and I'll talk to him about it, taking that outside as an event, too, you know. I would I would love to see, like, an Irish versus English beer event. Right. Like, the, like we, the we Troubles the, make them fight. We have, the, <laughs> yeah, we have the boxing ring right next to us, and the next right? minute over so they could work all the Just the whole area. Right. <laughs> So. Carlos, you were about to say something. I'm sorry, I cut uh, you off. I, I did not hear about this event. Like, what was it uh, for? This uh, we event? just, uh, you know, we we wanted to feature a couple of uh, everybody does Oktoberfest, yep. you know. So we wanted to kind of gear something more towards what you know what we are, and so yeah, we just you know did the two beers that featured locally grown, you know, main ingredients in them, and. Uh, and and did those and you know we just wanted to see what kind of how it would go and people had had great time and it it was a lot of fun the band was great and people you know we we did decent tents out there and heaters under the tent and a lot of hay bales set up as chairs and you know set up a bunch of tables and patty ryan's did uh uh beer cheese soup and bacon beer chili that they had out there. So I'm really mad that I missed this event so now. Am I. So am I. I was thinking the same thing. We need to build a time machine just to go back. Yeah. You would not have been able make to. Our own bacon beer chili. First place I'm going when they invent right? travel. <laughs> you would have uh, not have been able to do that downtown River Falls. No, I, I no, I don't think so. I mean, it, well, and like you guys are in a really unique location where you are. You're yeah. out. You're so far outside of town that it's. Like you have to make a trip to go there. Yep, it, it, it was funny. It was, it but really, it's worth it. Really, really oh, complicated totally for us to get the clearance to do it. We went down to the you know town of Hudson and said, "Can we have this event?" And they said, "Yeah, just don't piss off your neighbors." And I'm like, <laughs> no, like they'll, "They'll be there." You know? Yeah, like, <laughs> they'll be making yeah. money right alongside of us. It's they'll all be, good. They'll be the ones pissing. Yeah. Do we, do we have to buy a permit? Nope. You know, have fun. Like, <laughs> you know, it's. How it well, should so, be. So yeah. it ended up being a really good idea yeah. to not be in town. Yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't want to be in town parking alone. Right, you know, right, we've got yeah. a parking. Parking lot, is so a freaking nightmare. Well, yeah. right. I mean, if we look at like American Sky, parking there is a pain in the ass. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, I think the pitchfork parking is great. Oh, it's, there's there's plenty of parking. Yeah. There's so much, and then people just park in the in like the lawn. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> the, day of the festival it was wrapped all the way around, all the way up to the you know to getting back on the main yeah. throughway yeah, there. The main it was just it was crazy. So so wow. uh, have like have you talked with Greg from American Sky at all, oh, yeah. or like what kind of like what kind of relationship do you? Have? I'm just curious. Yeah, no, we have a we have a good relationship. Okay, you know it's. Uh, most of the craft brewing industry really plays nice in the sandbox yeah. and tries to help each other out as much as you can. You know, um, we did a, you know, we did an event with them. They had to support your local brewery, you know, events. Okay. We, we had yeah. a keg up there and that awesome. kind of thing. And, uh, and yeah, they've, uh, you know, a lot of their staff stops in and, you know, and we go up there every now and then. And it's a, it's a good relationship. You know, I, um, I had a lot of texting back and forth with him with him when I was starting stuff up, you know. Um, so he would, you know, he tried to help out in any way he yeah. could, you know. And yeah. I, so. I, I personally know Greg. He's he's a really, really good guy. Yeah, no, I, I met he, him at the, uh, the, the homebrew home competition. Thing. Yeah, he sponsored our homebrew competition. Okay. And it, it was kind of funny. We ended up talking to him, and he's like, well, how much do you guys want for this? And we're like, 
Yeah. Just show how, up. How about you just show up and like promote <laughs> yourselves shamelessly? That that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's no. uh, that's great to see. Just like in this kind of business that you can work with other work people. with others. Yeah, Instead I mean we've we've all got to tear down the competitor. Yeah, we've got Miller and Coors and Budweiser to hate. You know, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah. Every craft brewer has the enemy. Right. Well, and no, nobody. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nobody that's drinking your beer is is going to go out and buy a Bud Light. Anyway, unless they're confused right. by Blue Moon. Well, no, that and it's just uh, some of the easiest and best cross promotion because it's like, you know, say you you're a huge huge fan of Pitchfork and you're talking to this guy saying, you know, what is it you like that isn't yours? And he says American Sky. Well, guess where I'm going next? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm know, going and, ten miles down the road to American Sky. Well, and, and, and vice versa because he's going to do the same thing. That's that's one of the things I love about the craft beer atmosphere yeah. is it's all camaraderie. Yeah, and, yeah, and especially with American Sky, realistically, we're in this together because yeah. there's you know on especially on Sundays we get a lot because the tap rooms in Minnesota aren't open, so we get you know the more uh, the more publicity that both of us get in Twin Cities publications gets sure. more draw out there, and they hit both of our places. Sure, you know, yeah. and having yeah. both of us there gives you know people more of a reason to come and try both breweries exactly you know yep. and we're we're distinctively different you know yeah. i mean they're you know they're a lot larger than we are you know we're smaller we don't you know we have we have very little consistency except for our pale ale for the most part you guys you are know, more right? like one-off let's right. try this see how it does and right. they're more commercial yeah they you know they've well they've got their they've got their you know a couple of main staples that they always have they're you know? the, 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 the ones that they're bottling the USA yeah. IPA. Yep. yep. I love the USA. Yeah, the IPA so is good. very good. I like the IPA. It's fantastic. And, no, and and basically what you're saying is that neither of you have any beer or have any one beer that is replaceable by one of the other breweries. No, no. You know, we're yeah. distinctively well, different. I know? mean, even like in the craft beer market, I feel like it's a unique where even crossover isn't really competition because the normal craft beer consumer is going to try everything he can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then revisit and revisit all yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, and if you have a local, like, I will go to Pitchfork or American Sky before, like, I'm like, all right, well, I just want to hang out at a brewery this week, so let's go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Breweries are fun places to hang out. Yeah. Well, just and you meet general. the nicest people. My point exactly. <laughs> all right um well i guess is there anything you'd like to promote or talk about like for the future or anything you know no i don't think so i just uh you know hopefully some people come in and and give us a shot and you know and, and taste the product and give us some feedback and yeah you know that's yeah if, if you're proximal to hudson definitely yeah if if you are within well I take that back. If you're anywhere in the country, come to Hudson. And <laughs> come to Pitchfork and American Scott. They're a lot of well, fun. I mean, definitely if you're in the Twin Cities metro, you can you can make the jaunt out there and, and go eat at Patty Ryan's and then stop at Pitchfork in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's the perfect great, day. It's a great it way really to go. It really is. It's a, and they're good places. I know both of us... Uh, both of us do, you know, we we uh, get all the Packer games. So the <laughs> there you go. Of, yeah. So for the people in the Twin Cities that uh, want a fun place to watch them, you know, we we both have TV. We do promotional things. We, sure. you know, we pour a 
Pour a free 10-ounce Firkin every time the Packers score a touchdown. Hey, and so we pass those. I know where I'm going to watch football games. <laughs> I don't even yeah. like football. He's not a football guy. <laughs> right. No, I just beer. want free beer. <laughs> we've Packers had, are playing this Sunday. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> we've had. Oh, no, I'm in Orlando. Damn it. Uh, uh, Fly back. Fly back for Sunday. <laughs> Fly. I'm leaving on Sunday. <laughs> Postpone. <laughs> Call in sick. Have them delay right. the flight. Uh, where can we find you on any of the social medias? Uh, Facebook. Facebook. Uh, we do Facebook. My wife. My wife does t- uh, Twitter. Uh, she, so she tries to keep up with that. Um, and then you know we have our website. But Facebook's pretty much the you know the one that we use the most. You guys so, keep up okay. uh, the tap list up to date. Yeah, and stuff yeah. On there. They they uh, post what's on tap that week uh, every every Wednesday. Uh, sometimes that changes because like I. Last last week, two of them dropped and two new ones came on. You know, okay. after the after we put out the so we we try to post on there what we've got at the time and sure. that kind of thing. And and what's your Twitter name? I have no idea. It's oh, at yeah. Pitchfork Beer. Is it, it is okay. I I figured that out. Yeah, I've, that's, that's <laughs> uh, do, my do you guys have deal. an official website? Yeah, pitchforkbrewing.com. Pitchforkbrewing.com. All right, so you guys make sure you go like them on Facebook. Look at their website. Even if you're not local, go like them on Facebook. Follow Facebook them on likes Twitter. Are important. Yeah, Follow it, them on Twitter. It gives us some false sense of uh, customer base. <laughs> oh, I completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we're at. That is right. exactly where we are at. All right. Um, actually, wait. Hang on. Do I have outro music? Oh, you do. There oh, we go. Announcements. Yeah, we got some announcements this week. Actually, the only announcements we have are our regular shows. Uh, make sure you check out uh, Tabletop Theater on Wednesdays, Soundwave on Thursdays, and Console Cowboys might be taking a week off this week. We haven't quite decided. So check out Friday. If there's a new one, we decided to do it. Because <laughs> I get back Thursday night. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the you being gone. Yeah, yeah, because apparently nobody else can record a thing. Nope. Apparently, I'm integral to this thing, which is absolutely terrible. If you have feedback on this episode or any of our other episodes, go ahead and send us an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. Or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And we'll see you guys next week. Later, people.